0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24 7 non stop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Major, major news in the game of baseball today. If you look at one of the teams this off season, who's been all in, was the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres were like, we're going to get pitching, we're gonna get better. We're gonna try and take down the Dodgers who have won the division a record, Never been done before in the NL West. They've won it eight straight years. They're the defending champs. And they just picked up Trevor Bauer. Shots fired. So if you're the Giants, if you're the D-backs, if you're the Rockies, you've got no chance. They've got so much starting pitching now. Trevor Bauer and, and this is something that we have addressed on this show that in the future it's smarter to overpay a guy and give him less guaranteed years so you don't get stuck with an Albert Pujols type contract this is what the the Dodgers wanted to do with Bryce Harper but Bryce Harper wanted 13 years how do you think that deal is going to end up the Dodgers will overpay Three years, $102 million. There's two different opt-outs in his contract, but basically he'll be there for three years, and then he's off the books. You bought his prime. You're paying for his prime. You're not paying him when he's going to be an old right-handed pitcher. The Dodgers are smart. They only have one player long-term right now under contract, that's Mookie Betts. This is how you run a franchise. I'll never forget being in Japan in 2000. What year was that? 2010? No, 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 no. 2012. And I was I was on the team bus with Mike Crowley, former president of the A's, and I had the conversation. You may have heard me tell the story before. I always said, why don't you just sign guys to one, one, two-year deals and just overpay them? But then you have the flexibility that the guy's not going to be here long term. And he laughed. But that's now what the Dodgers are doing. And it's really, really smart. And now I wonder if this is going to spark a flurry of moves on starting pitchers, guys in the bullpen. Because before you know it, pitchers and catchers are going to report to Arizona. Brody Brazil from NBC Sports, California, is going to be here at 1.30. Dan Hayes at 2 o'clock. He covers the Twins for The Athletic. Glenn Kuyper, the face of your TV broadcast, will be here at 2.30. How about Josh Fegley? Fegs, our old buddy, is hanging him up. We'll talk to him today about retirement and what's his future. And then former GM of the San Francisco Giants, Bobby Evans, will be here at 3.30. Commander uh, this broke before we came on the show, and I just start thinking about all the starting pitching. When you got Kershaw, and you got Bauer, and Walker Bueller, don't forget David Price is coming back. Uh, Urias, Gingerguard, I mean, they've got so much starting pitching. And we we've been asking people, how much are you really going to need? You may need 10 starters. You may need 11 starters to get through a season this year. Because let's face it, all of these pitchers, it's going to be almost two years since they've had a full season. What did you think of the deal coming down today? Trevor Bauer, three years, $102 million, going to Los Angeles.
2: Well, after it was announced yesterday that Bauer was going to the Mets, I'm like, wow, Bauer, DeGrom, Sindergaard, Strowman, Then it's like, no, 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 Bauer's not going to the Mets. And I'm like, Oh man, I got bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray, and deceived by everyone on this. And then it comes out today he's going to the Dodgers. And man, the first thing I thought of when we, because you and I were talking on the phone, and I said Bower to the Dodgers, and I'm like, Kershaw, Bueller, Price is back. When was the last time you saw a guy that's going to get not only get 40 million dollars, but be the highest-paid player in baseball, and probably be the number three starter in the in the rotation? I mean, come on, that's so unfair. It's ridiculous what the, the talent the Dodgers have. Uh, not, you, you look at their lineup with, you know, you got Bellinger and Betts and Muncy and, you know, no Justin Turner, but that doesn't matter. Corey Seager, they're, they are loaded for this upcoming season because I know the Padres loaded up with all the moves with Snell and Darvish and everything they did. But, man, it just the Bauer going home, to pitch in L.A. What's that say about the Angels? Now, they made a big yeah. move yesterday. They got Dexter Fowler. That still doesn't help you get 27 outs, but –
0: that I, I, if you want to look at this from the A's perspective, this is wonderful. He's not in the American League. He didn't go to the Angels. I mean, that would going to the Angels would have been bad news. Now you got to face them all the time. So getting him in the National League, that, that's just because that that's the one thing. Whether it's going to be the Mets or the Dodgers, that was a win-win for the A's. But there was always, you know, the Angels are always, you know, they're like a submarine. They're, they're running silent, and then they come out of nowhere, and they will have a big signing. Like, no one had. If you remember back Albert Pujols, it was either going to be the Marlins or it was going to be the Cardinals. Nobody saw the Angels. When we were down at the winter meetings, nobody had Rendon going to the Angels. So that's always in the back of my mind. Is Artie Marino going to open up that checkbook and make a run at Trevor Bauer? And I'm glad he did it. And I'll tell you what, baseball, if they're smart, the new rivalry that everybody's going to want to watch is the Dodgers and the Padres. I don't want to see Yankees-Red Sox 18,000 times again this coming season. Red Sox stink. They're in rebuild mode. The rivalry is not... You can, they can, they can always dislike each other, but watching four hours of bad baseball is not what I'm going to want to see on MLB network or on Fox on a Saturday. Put as many of these Dodger Padre games on national television, because that right, it's heated. They don't like each other and they it's like an arms race. Who would have thought, but it's like an arms race. I mean, look at the pitching matchups you're going to have when you're lining up the Dodgers and the Padres. I mean, those pitching matchups are going to be legit. I mean, think about that. Ginger guard. Where, where does he fit? He throws 100 miles an hour. Where does he fit in? I mean, some of these young pitchers, where, where do they fit in? The Dodgers have so much pitching. And as you will tell us, they've got more coming up from the minor league system.
2: Yeah, they got a bunch of guys. I mean, they have – I mean, they're just the way that Andrew Friedman and, for a certain extent, Farhan built this system and then Andrew Friedman kind of took over now uh, with everything they're doing down there is it's incredible. The, the young player – it's position players and pitching that they have. And I'm a little offended that you don't want to watch Garrett Richards or uh, Jamison Tyone pitch on Sunday Night Baseball. I'm a little, a little taken back that you don't want to see those guys face off 18 times this year because uh, ESPN already released, I think, the first half of Sunday Night Baseball. Uh- And most of it's it's way for it. Yankees, Red Sox. I think there's a few Cubs, Cardinals. And I think the Dodgers are on there like once. If I remember, this is like a month ago. But Trevor Bauer now, going back to Bauer for a second, is the fourth pitcher to win the Cy Young the year before and change teams the next year in free agency. Joining Mark Davis, Greg Maddox, and Catfish Hunter as the only other guys to ever do that. So uh, Bauer now going home. And he put it out on YouTube when we watched the video. Uh, If you want to play the audio, I have it. It's really good stuff that Bauer, you know, his social media presence is fantastic and he's going to be in LA. It's going to be even better.
0: Okay. I think this was on Buster Olney's podcast, Baseball Tonight. The guy who runs ESPN was traveling in his car, going from like New York back up to Connecticut. So – He's like, Buster, I got all the time in the world. So Buster started going over the Sunday night schedule with them. This guy tried to say, well, there's only so many times we can put certain teams on. And I went, then why am I always seeing Yankees Red Sox? If they're only supposed to be able to be on so many times, according to the contract between ESPN and baseball, why do we see Yankees Red Sox more than anybody? There's no no way. They're not putting them on more than what the probably what the limit is. I, I just it baseball. We need something. I mean, the people in the Northeast need to understand we need we need a little we need a little something different. And you got to show all these great players, right? We need to see Trout more on national television. I need to see Bauer with the Dodgers. I need to see Fernando Tatis. I just do not need to see Yankees Red Sox eight million times. Sorry, I don't need to see that. I want to see other people. You know, a I don't care how you feel about us. A's Astros has been spirited. They've played some really good series. And there's no love loss there. We need we need to show other games. That's just my two cents. But
2: um, I have the schedule if you want to hear just some of the games. The first Sunday night baseball game of the year, White Sox Angels, so Mike Trout, We'll be on Sunday Night Baseball for the first. And, and that's a good
0: matchup because you've got a bunch of young guys that are going to be a you, plus all the young guys on the White Sox. I like it.
2: Phillies, Braves the following week. Okay.
0: Uh, Braves are one of the better Braves are a team that are going to have a shot to win at all.
2: Then Braves, Cubs. All right. Padres, Dodgers. There you go. Mets, uh, sorry. Philly, uh, yeah, Mets and Phillies. Wow, a lot of a lot of Phillies out of the gate. Hold on, Phillies, Braves next, Cardinals, Padres, Cubs, Cardinals, Braves, Mets, Braves, Yankees, and then you go to second half. Uh, this is on Thursday, Thursday night baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, Sunday night baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, and then September twelfth. This is just some of them, uh, Yankees, Mets. So uh, we get to see more of the Padres, Phillies, Cardinals. More than we see the San Diego Padres, White Sox, and the reigning World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Does anybody else in baseball play? I mean,
0: where's everybody else? Where is everybody else? You know how many teams you did not mention on that schedule not getting national love?
2: About 25 at least.
0: I mean, wow. Unbelievable. And then it'll happen, and it happens every. It's been happening every year. All of a sudden, we'll get midway through the season, and everybody will start going, "Hey, you know the A's are actually pretty good." Hey, the A's are in first place. We'll go back. Cody does this every year. We'll go back. We'll look at all the predictions, and we'll say, "Yep, not one person picked the A's. Not even for the wild card." And then we'll start seeing the articles in July and August. Well, look at the job Bob Melvin and Billy Bean and David Ford. It's the same thing happens every year. They win ninety-seven games. The next year, people are shocked they win ninety-seven games again. Then they're shocked that they win the division.
2: I just don't get them with you. I don't. I never understood it. uh, Why there's they've been in the playoffs how many times on your Billy? Like isn't it like is it ten or eleven times in twenty years or something like that? It's it's ridiculous, but. Yeah, but back to Bauer and the Dodgers. Um, good for baseball, man. It's good to see the uh, – remember a couple of years ago when Brian Cashman called the Yankees a fully operational Death Star? Uh, yeah, sure, sure that you are when Stanton and Judge can't stay on the field and now all of a sudden they're, they're not lifting as many weights now is what I, I heard they're doing this off season. So maybe that will keep them healthy. The, the Dodgers are a fully operational Death Star as I channel my inner Star Wars fandom here. That's what they are. They have everything. Uh, maybe their bullpens a little shaky with Kenley Jansen but they they brought back Blake trinan uh they still have uh star that can be a closer for them they will be fine uh they're gonna figure things out they're gonna win the AL, the, a, uh, the NL West for the what ninth straight time I'm calling it already right now uh sorry Bob Townsend I hope he still wants to do this uh this agreement on who's gonna win that division but I'm, I'm still taking the Dodgers and I think they're gonna win not easily but they're gonna I mean with Bauer now it's he's gonna be their number three starter on paper right now Still crazy that he's making the most money in baseball, and he's going to be potentially the number three starter on that, on that staff.
0: And they're going to win a ton of games because you've got – I mean, look at their division. I mean, we have, we have – We what are the Giants going to look like? What are the Rockies going to look like? What are the D-backs going to look like? Well, soon we're going to be going around to every single team. Starting Monday and we're, and we're going to
2: do it. it. I think we'll start we're with the Diamondbacks on Monday. We're doing the D-backs on Monday? They were the worst team in the... I believe they were the worst team in the NL West last year. So many of these teams
0: are just not trying to win. Rob Manfred's just got to be pulling his hair out. You got just a lot of teams who are just... They're just going to... 2021, they're just going to suit a team up and, you know, good luck. Now there are teams going for it, and some. And, and by the way, move started. Teams got to have a roster. There's gonna. Be, I think we're gonna have a flurry of signings coming up here, because you got to have players to have spring training. And there's a lot. There's there, there's a lot of gaps. I mean, look at the A's right now. You don't have a middle. Don't have a middle infield, unless you're going with the in-house options. But you need pitching. You know, the spring training schedule is still, you know, can be changed at any point because of COVID. But I think it was Jim Callis who told us, you know, don't expect minor leaguers to show up at the beginning of spring training. That the minor league guys probably won't show up. And we haven't gotten clarity on this but the minor league guys probably won't show up until the big league guys are gone. So that will be your 40 man roster and, you know, probably some invitees, but your all, all your, all your minor league guys are still going to be at home. So I think that's one of the reasons why the schedule is going to change because for an example, last year, when the Dodgers and the A's were playing, Towards the end of the game, the Dodgers had the bases loaded. There was a guy wearing number 89, and there was two other guys wearing number 88. There were two 88s on base for the Dodgers against the A's at spring training last year. So uh, I got to think old number 88 and old number 89 aren't showing up to spring training when the big leaguers are there.
2: I always love seeing those numbers, though. I mean, Zito wearing the seventy-five. I mean, just the, Ricky Vaughn and, uh, and and Major League wearing ninety-nine. But yeah, you're not going to see those guys um, unless you're like a, you know, a top-tier prospect. A uh, maybe a Tyler Soderstrom if he's at, you know, he's he gets an invite. I think he did get an invite to spring training. But guys like that, you're not going to see <laughs> the guys that are like the number twenty-eighth prospect on the list and the system that's going to be working out at spring training with the team. I I'm pretty sure we probably won't.
0: No. But remember, you still have to have bodies to play games. You know, a lot of those, you know, I, I, I don't I don't think you're going to have enough bodies to be able to do split squad action. You know, the A's for, you know, so the A's got one game going uh, at home in Mesa, and then they got another roster that's over at Sloan Park taking on the Cubs. I don't think you're going to, I don't think you got enough bodies for that. I don't think you got enough pitching. We and, and and the crazy thing is we still don't have answers and it's right around the corner. You know, we know roster size 20 26 for a doubleheader you'll have 27. But you talk about weird I don't know, has has anyone ever gone into a season with this many questions with things about to start right around the corner? I don't know the answer to that. It just feels really weird that there's still so much. I mean, where's what's tight Universal DH, is it still being negotiated? Um, playoffs, how are you going to do the playoffs? Still being negotiated? Can change at any point? I mean hockey and we'll talk to Brody about this. Hockey figured stuff hockey figured out pretty quick. Hey, uh American teams can't go over the border. The Canadian government is not going to allow it. So they had to make decisions early, okay? How are we doing this? And they came up, well, the Canadian teams will play the Canadian teams, the American teams will play the American teams. But you got to make some you got to make some decisions and there's just I mean we just had a meeting today we the A's, you know, there's still questions that people don't know. And that's not easy for anybody. Especially these guys who are running these franchises. But if we now know, is is that Morosi had
2: that, but is this this set is anything set in stone? Is 26 set in stone? I mean, I haven't really seen it anywhere, but I remember seeing Morosi tweet it out. And Morosi's is one of the most connected guys in the industry along with, you know, Heyman and Passin and those guys. But usually Morosi's not wrong. And, you know, it would be weird if he just tweeted that out just to tweet it out. But I haven't seen anything about it yet, like an article being written, because we still don't know, like you said, about the Universal DH, expanded playoffs. Which we saw expanded playoffs happen the first game of the year last year when the Yankees were taking on the Nationals on, I think it was on Thursday night baseball or Wednesday, whenever it started last year. On ESPN, we found out like right before or I can't remember if it was right before or during the game that there's going to be expanded postseason play. So who knows? I mean, it could start I mean, opening day tentatively right now for the A's is April 1st against the Astros. So hopefully we find something out before then. But you never know with the way the season was last year. Compared to
0: the NFL, to where the NFL told you, oh, we're playing a full season there there were, that, that 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 decision was made well before the first ball was ever kicked off. You remember how that went down? Like you had you had you had the Pac 12, you had the Big 10, you had the Mountain West, they all dropped out like we're not playing. And then a couple weeks into the college football season they're watching the SEC play and these coaches started talking to each other and coaches out West were like, you know, I mean, they're not allowing us to play and we want to play. And once Notre Dame's playing and the ACC's playing and the, the, these others, the other, these other conferences go, guys, we got to play. If everybody else is playing, we look pretty ridiculous not playing. So then PAC 12 started up, big 10 started up Mount West. Let's go. And the NFL told you we're playing. There, there was, there wasn't a whole lot of well, what happens if COVID hits? There, we're playing. So baseball, we need to, we, you know, New York's got to come up with some answers. It's not fair to the players. You have so many guys who don't have jobs right now, and you have so many front office people going. Well, we don't, we don't know yet. I mean, you gotta, you you you, you kind of gotta know the rules before you go to spring training, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? You, I, I you, think you, so. You need to know how the game's gonna work.
2: I th- I think so. You you don't want to go to an extra inning game and you uh put Shohei Otani out of second base and like whoa whoa we're not doing that this year guys and everyone's like wait we we didn't wait we didn't know like no one told us so yeah you need to figure these things out th- because we're still seeing Marcel Lazuna, who might arguably be the biggest free agent now sitting out there sold out a job. As the uh, you know, guy that was uh, an MVP candidate last year for the Braves, he was so good playing for Atlanta last year. They lost in the game seven of the uh, NLCS. And he's without a job because we don't know about the Universal DH. Now, I think he ends up going back to Atlanta and they'll figure things out to where how to play him. But him and Nelson Cruz had a way for We'll talk to Dan Hayes about that, how Nelson Cruz is back. But, look, he was probably expecting more job offers than just the Twins this offseason. But we don't know about the Universal DH, which – Again, we discussed agnosium about how many times the, how many the jobs will be open if you add the universal DH for the players, but they still have no resolution on it. And hopefully at some point we find, you know, it's a firm no, yes or no, we're going to have these things for the upcoming season.
0: Think about this. You've got some players out there who are going to get signed, but they don't know if they're going to Arizona or if they're going to Florida. They have no clue. What's the first the first official day of pitchers and catchers?
2: I want to say it's like February sixteenth is like right around pitchers and catchers report or the seventh. It's right around that, so it's like right after Valentine's Day. Wow!
0: I mean, they 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 gotta start signing some guys. You gotta have somebody that Somebody's gotta put on the uniforms, <laughs> right? Somebody, if we're gonna play spring training games, somebody's gotta be out on the field. Somebody. And there's a lot of ball players out there. There's a lot of good ball players out there who don't have jobs right now with pitchers and catchers reporting in 2 weeks. Man, has this been a strange couple of years. And I remember I remember uh New Year's Eve, everybody talking about, "Oh, thank God 2020's gone and now we're going to 2021." And then saw some people go, you know, 2021 may be a little bit like 2020,
3: unfortunately.
0: But right now, baseball is full go, full steam ahead. And I think we all cannot wait just to see the players back on the field, see the players, you know, taking batting practice, watching bullpens, getting ready for the season. I know, I know everybody's chomping, chomping at the bit and... and the A's are gonna have to find some position players. They're gonna have to find some relievers. And we we haven't even got the official word on that whole deal about whether when the minor leaguers are showing up. Like if you called a if you know somebody who's a minor league player right now and you called him up and said, Hey, what's your schedule looking like? He wouldn't have an answer for you. I mean, these guys, these guys in the minor leagues, they lost a season. They haven't played. You can work out all you want. But simulating games, I, I feel for these kids. And I i, I mean, and, you know, they lost a year of their career. I bet they can't wait to get back and start playing again. Now, I haven't been keeping up with hockey. but. You know, these leagues basically are all looking at what's going on. I mean, the football was, football was really paying attention to how baseball was doing. And right now, I'm sure baseball is really looking at what's going on with the NBA, what's going on with the NHL. So Brody Brazil does a great job doing A's pre- and post-game live for NBC California, but he also does Sharks pre- and post-game live. So what has he been seeing that baseball needs to prepare for? We'll talk to him next right here on A's cast live.
1: Streaming from the town. A's cast live continues with Chris Townsend.
0: Are we calling, uh, Brody?
2: Brody's going to call into us and, uh, he said no video this time, um, although he figured out what happened last time we had him. I remember when we had him on, we had so many technical problems. So, um, yeah, just the phone today for Brody.
0: I forgot about that. Wow. We could, what was it? He couldn't hear us. We couldn't hear him.
2: It was a little of both.
4: Brody, how you doing? I now subscribe to the motto of KISS. Keep it simple, stupid.
0: You know, in this uh, millennial world technology that we're all using now, it's very easy to screw it up.
4: <laughs> I, I remember we, we linked up some point late in the season. I tried to overdo it with technology and um, completely bonked. So I'm glad to be here with you today, guys. How's it going?
0: Uh, it's going good. And we, we, we were talking about, for you, not only what you do uh, NBC Sports California with the A's but also what you do with the shark and obviously the hockey season is very bizarre. I know they got some COVID going right now. So all the sports are looking at each other and talking to each other. How is hockey doing?
4: Um, To be perfectly honest with you, not great at this point. Um, And I think you're right. Every, every sport looks at each other, but they're all so different Tony. I mean, you think about, baseball, summer months, you can have that separation between players. I mean, look at, you know, remember the, the bullpen at the Coliseum, even ex- the extended dugout um, was down, down the left and right field lines. You could space these guys out in hockey. I mean, there's no way around it. You need 15 to 20 guys on a really short bench in kind of a fishbowl environment of a rink. Um, there's a lot more spitting on the ice. It just hockey is a gross sport. I mean, <laughs> inherently, It's a gross sport, and uh, that just does not do well with, you know, germs and transmission of of just regular old illnesses. Forget COVID. Um, So it's been an uphill battle pretty much. You know, we've seen several teams, Las Vegas included, and Minnesota now recently, um, you know, basically have to just shut down their entire operation for a week at a time plus, and then the league has to go back and reschedule all their games. I mean, we were so fortunate back in baseball season to only have what, you know, those maybe four or five games from Houston and Seattle having to be rescheduled. Um, you know, the A's in retrospect with their one positive test, it wasn't that bad, but it was still, you know, five double headers in the last month. Hockey can't do that either. So totally unique challenge. It's, hockey's kind of struggling through this first part, trying to figure out how many more changes they can make uh, to keep this, this ship floating.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you, you know, when, when we had Dan Schulman on during the playoffs and obviously he lives in Canada and he was telling yeah. us the story about how when he goes home, he has to rent or a, 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 I think he rent an apartment or because he had to quarantine for X amount of weeks. Otherwise, his kids wouldn't be able to go to school. And that's when I thought. Oh boy. What are they going to do in the NBA? What are they going to do in hockey? If you're not going to allow American teams across the border and they can't sit there and quarantine for two weeks. I mean, that's that. Oh, you, you, you knew that was not going to be a good situation.
4: Well, and fortunately for the NHL, right. I mean, with baseball, you had the Buffalo Blue Jays all, all summer long, but fortunately for the NHL, there are seven Canadian teams, which almost fits perfectly with the three other divisions—the West, the Central, and the East—that have eight teams. So they just basically said, "You know what? We'll draw that North Division off as, as our border." You know, literally of that division. So, so you're right. There, there's not any cross-border NHL travel, which was going to be impossible. And I, <laughs> I understand it and I respect it. I mean, it's just it's maybe not in really either side's best interest to have been doing that. So, unfortunately, the geography worked out for you know, the NHL with the border situation way better than it did for, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays or even the Toronto Raptors who are playing down in Florida.
0: As somebody who's been in baseball a long time, do you, do you, do you find it weird that there's a lot of unknown about how we're going to play the sport, signings? I mean, pitchers and catchers are supposedly reporting in two weeks and you still have like 200 free agents out there. I mean, have you ever seen so much indecision going right up to the start of spring training.
4: I like how you said supposedly, because (laughs)
3: that's
4: such the key word in all of this. And that's how I feel too. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to start this thing on time. Um, And from either side, if you're a player, you want to go into the best, situation of health avoiding shutdowns avoiding starting and stopping and all that stuff and avoiding interruptions. I understand you also want to get your pay for 162 and you want to replicate a normal season I get that but if you're an owner it's the same thing for the league side of things I mean the if you can delay things even a month that's going to put our entire country in a much better position to be able to welcome back fans on whatever level you know whatever scale it's going to begin at um, that's going to help you out in the timing of your season to get that revenue and to get those fans back so it's crazy to me that the argument of when should we start also includes things like should we expand the playoffs should we have the dh in the national league again you know those things are separate conversations quit trying to put them all into one conversation they're not Uh, but you're right in terms of this coming down to the wire I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am hoping for the sake of everybody involved. I mean, I, I hope to see a full baseball season. I don't think any of us want any different than that because it, it means that our country's doing well and things are on the right path. I don't see any reason to start this thing as scheduled. I would love for everybody involved if it just were simply delayed one month. And I'm, I would not be opposed to watching the World Series and then celebrating Thanksgiving the week after. <laughs> I wouldn't if that's possible, you know? Yeah, I mean, we survived
0: last year not having baseball for around eight months. If you're telling me we could wait one one more month, I think, I think we would all, you know, if, if they're going to tell us that that's going to do wonders for this season, I think we right. could all have the patience for that.
4: Small price to pay, right? And I, I just think, and you know this too, from talking to the players and guys every single day, that the 60 games they played last year, in 66 days was absolutely grueling. And I won't even, not because I was coming on today. I just happened to be texting with a few people yesterday, very, very tied in and close, close knit with the team. And and their mindset is, well, I mean, I'm obviously excited about the next season coming. I'm not excited about jumping right back into the, you know, COVID environment, the COVID type season that it seems like we're going to have. But it, it just, it, it, It was such a grind last year. And I'm just amazed that nobody seems to be remembering that as we're all planning for 162, the normal way, you know, East coast, West coast travel. It's just amazing. You know, the major league baseball would be the first professional sports league to go back full scale, full tilt on a, on a normal schedule. Now you can say the NFL already did that, but that's a totally different situation when you're only playing one game a week. It just, you cannot compare. Um, what needs to happen for baseball to get this right
0: I mean how many I mean how many players as of right now they don't even know if they're going to Arizona are they going to Florida what team they're
4: going to be on exactly no it's yeah. it's crazy and the guy the guys who have it settled and I mean when I, I talked to Chad Pender like right after he signed and and Tony Kemp right after he signed and and the one thing that you know they they don't want to say because it, or, or they don't want to they don't want to make it a big deal because you know it, it's it's past them now. But they were so happy just to have their next couple months planned out, their next season already lined up. Matt Olson was the same way when I talked to him. I mean he wanted to get this done early so that he could get that question like you're talking about out of the way. And to your point, I mean it's on both sides. How many players feel that way about where am I actually going to set up shop, and how many teams are looking at it still like. Yeah, I don't really want to make all these commitments because I don't actually know what the season is going to entail. You know, so the whole commentary from the commissioner's office of "Hey, be ready for 162, be ready for a normal season." What does that tell me? I mean, that that's what he's supposed to say. That's what they're supposed to say. It really doesn't give me any indication of what's actually going to happen. So
0: I, I saw it as good news. Bauer going to the Los Angeles Dodgers.
4: Yeah, whether, get out of the whether, American League.
0: <laughs> yeah, whether whether he was going to the Mets or the Dodgers, it was a win-win because it's always in the back of my mind, Brody, that Artie Moreno is going to come out of nowhere with a big check, oh. and the last oh. thing I want to hear was him being an angel.
4: You know, it's like I I I constantly worry about the Angels over the years because. It's like you've already you've already proven that you have the money to secure a pool holes and a trout and all the other players you know that that being their backbone and even an Angelton Simmons but all the other players that have come and gone to me pitching is clearly what they have been missing but I would also say this too Tony like let's say the Angels did sign Trevor Bauer do you think that alone puts them in the same category and class as the A's and Astros like instantly? I, Like you need a rotation. You need a full staff. He's pitching every, you know, sixth game that, that doesn't, that doesn't move their, their needle in terms of the standings. I don't think for me, I mean, it it changes that one day that he pitches and it changes their bank account. If they were going to shell out 40 million, but um, the angels, I mean, it's, it's kind of a shame actually, that they have such a good core and they can't actually find a way to do what houston and oakland have um but yes to your point so glad that he's in the nls and can i say it too i mean i don't i i know we're you know we're very a centric here you think about a team like the giants who's trying to rebuild and trying to enter back into the conversation look what their division is made of they were they were celebrating um arenado's departure from from colorado the other day it's like now look what you have to deal with you know i mean if you've seen the dodgers rotation projected it's nasty do we lose them oh are you still there
0: yeah 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 we we lost you for a little for for a second there you're talking about the giants
4: oh yeah sorry i was just saying that it's it's just i it's it's fortunate that the a's don't have to deal with the nl west right like that is a that is a that is a tough space and a tough division to be in
0: well you got you, you know the the new rivalry and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres, because both those two teams, they're going yeah. for it to where the Rockies, Giants, and D-backs aren't. So uh, that that should be very interesting. But, you know, the thing is, and Fangraphs already has the Angels ahead of the A's, and it's like these people fall into the same trap every year. Right. <laughs> It's, you, can look, you, you, you can look at all the names on the back of the jerseys the problem is the angels they just don't have the arms to get 27 outs and people forget yeah. pitching and defense wins
4: it's kind of like i see on social media a lot of the leagues do this you know before seasons ramp up they want to get people excited they're like like yesterday who's the who's the top tandem in baseball you know and chapman and olsen were named for oakland and there's a couple others but it's like projections at this point and basing things off last year, you will never know until you see these teams actually come together. I mean, you could generally look at, yeah, the Padres and the Dodgers, or even in the West still. Oakland still should, should be quite good. I know this offseason has not panned out at all how, how a lot of fans want it, but you know, the the point being is like you can still have a pretty good idea, but you don't have exact projections like people are throwing out there all the time. It's honestly why I think spring training and training camp and football and training camp and hockey, it's one of much optimism (laughs) that has to be tempered with a little bit of reality, you know?
0: Yeah. And this would be the year where the rosters are so incomplete right now. I don't even know how, like how can you really make these projections when you have so many teams that still need to sign players?
4: Yeah. It's, it's pretty impossible. Like I said, I, and I, I, am curious, you know, I, I knew this winter was going to be slow because of that. And I, I don't, I think we're out of the winter months. Like I, I think it's February, like literally spring training is knocking on the, on the door right around the corner. So to me, we're in springtime and then, and we're still slow. And to your point that teams are still not built out as much as I think they're going to be. So um, I, you know what, that, that would tell me that there's going to be a day where things come fast and furious when this reality is actually um, when it actually sets in and takes place. That that is right there what makes me think, Tony, that there are people who are who are way deeper than you and I, if that's possible. Um, but that they think they think this thing's not going to get started on time because they're you know they're the ones dealing with contracts and money and people and and they're not actually making these commitments yet either. So that's what that's what leads me to believe right now. There's still a large chance that this season gets pushed back a little bit.
0: Well, you might need to dust off your second baseman's glove because, uh, <laughs> right now, uh, we we the the the, the uh, up the middle defense is uh, there's a definite question what who's going to be playing short and who's going to be who's going to be playing second base for the Athletics.
4: I'm insulted, Tony that you don't think my arm is strong enough to play short. I get, I understand what you were saying there. Why you put me on the right side of the infield? I get it. I totally get, years get
0: that. Oh, you know, you've, 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 you've got wear and tear on the tires now. <laughs>
4: oh yeah, you know it's 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 kind of sad to look at the average age of athletes these days, and and forty for me is right around the corner, a couple weeks away. So I'm I'm not yeah I'm taking taking notice of that definitely. But no, and to your point, uh, man, just and that's a huge question, right? Like, I mean, obviously, here's what I will say about the A's: is there are things that work. If the season started tomorrow, I know Tony Kemp is going to play second. I know uh, Machine is obviously an option up the middle somewhere. I think Chad Pender could certainly suffice at shortstop. I think he would tell you that maybe that's not even his best position on the field. He'll do it. He'll do the best of his ability, and he's, it's not a bad option. Um, and I know there, there may be some other internal selections and, and things too, but you know, in one, in one case, did, did great things happen? No. Are the As a better team now than they were at the end of the year? No, absolutely not. They've All they've done is is lost a few key figures, but I would also say that there's not they're not in a situation where they don't have anybody competent to do the job. That's That's definitely not the case. So um, could it be much better? Yes. Could it absolutely be much worse? Of course. So it's hard, though.
0: I, I made this point the other day that our fan base love the book Moneyball. Our fan base love the love the movie Moneyball. They love the attention. But when it gets down to this is how this team operates, this is how they nothing should surprise you. This is how they've always operated. Same thing with the Rays. I mean, you like Moneyball, but when Moneyball is actually implemented, the fan base gets a little uh, they're not so happy.
4: Well, and I think, I think especially because it's not just names and faces. I mean, and, and it was not back in the two thousands, either. I should make that clear, but because it's a guy like Marcus that doesn't come back, you know, literally born and raised in the Bay area, went to high school in the East Bay, played at Cal, um, magically from Chicago, you know, came as part of that trade. And I, you're having Fagley on later, right? He was part yeah. of that trade. Um, and, and just to just to come and spend formative years of his life here where he started a family and also like you could see like what he did with wash in those middle you know 2010 years 15 16 into 17 and 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 became a gold glove caliber shortstop from a guy who you know every time a ball is hit his way you're like come on Marcus make that play you know and he struggled obviously so his just his story was so storybook and that's why I think you know and, and teammates, you know, referring to him as captain of the team, one of the longest tenured players. He goes, he goes from a guy who you didn't know how it was even going to work out to a guy that you can't see yourself playing without, and it's just rough. I mean, I so I think it's it's in large part the personal nature of of who he was, the role he filled as a shortstop, as a leadoff hitter, a guy with some pop. You know, not just hitting for average, but um, that could get you. You know the long ball that this team, you know, is kind of centered around. It's just, it's frustrating and unfortunate, I think, because it's personal.
0: And I still, I mean, just getting a one-year deal out of all the teams that could sign him, he just got a one-year deal. That was, that was, I was shocked by that.
4: Well, that you know what that only does for a a romantic like me. (laughs) That that has me in the winter of, of 2021 hoping there's somehow some way <laughs> that his heart is still set here. And I know his heart was here already, right? Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of it, but I mean, he flat out wanted this to be an option and it wasn't an option for him and for a lot of different reasons. So it's and, and the same thing with Liam Hendricks, you know, he and I talked privately just before, you know, kind of before he really searched the market and, you know, I won't say exactly what he said, but the sentiment was, I really like to stay here if I could so that in itself is kind of a, a telling a telling sign that you know you got people that will want to come and play here I uh, just got to make it happen in terms of, of being able to bring them back contractually so uh, again I, I know I'm probably more in wish mode right now but yeah that's when I saw Marcus sign the one-year deal I understand why why the frustration is there because you know that's that's he went on a short term on a short-term agreement but uh, hopefully that means he comes up sooner for <laughs> for a second chance at this somehow in a non-pandemic season
0: hey before we let you go uh i know you want to talk about dick callahan uh very yeah. sad that we lost dick and we will not want to have him for the season and what a special man he was to all of us
4: oh Tony, i on friday and i'm not exaggerating here and i'm just i'm just not a i'm not like a breakdown and cry person i'm just not but to see that and i found out just you know kind of opening up twitter and saw the a's message it was only like five minutes old at that point i i I had to sit down and and, and it's not like dick was you know it's not my best friend i didn't you know see him all the time but uh text back and forth got to know him over the years i mean i i first met him when i was a little kid got to somehow meet the pa announcer of the warriors i was infatuated with you know shooting too you know and all that all the stuff he did with Sharunas, martialonis and spree well and so you know seeing him as an knowing him as an adult and seeing him as, as i know you did in the press box and you know at all these games over the years but to lose him and to lose roy Steele within you know a 12 month span i mean the two voices that i only really associate with that coliseum i mean roy's voice was there when i was a kid growing up in the 80s and you know dick was there pretty much what from the late two thousands through, you know, the, the year before this prior one. And I, I looked at my text messages cause I, I know he and I had, had gone back and forth right before the season started. He said he wasn't doing well. I wished him the best. And, but he sounded like he was getting better. And I, I just, what made me so frustrated is that the last time we had communicated was maybe late July. And I was just like, I, 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 I feel so bad. I didn't check in again. I, I didn't have more conversation with him. I, I thought he was fine you know, and then I come to find this out and yeah, just uh, the world needs more that Callahan's, I I hope all of us can take a piece out of his, uh, of his playbook and just be so kind and generous and, and, and nice to people at the ballpark. It's, it's a, it just, it, it touched me. And I I know a lot of people know his voice, um, but if you knew the person, you would be equally impressed.
0: Well said, be safe with the family and we'll talk soon.
4: I appreciate that, Tony. Cody, take care, guys.
0: Brody Brazil, NBC Sports California, does the athletics and does the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, <sighs> well, Dick is going to be missed. Kind of the real bummer going into the season. I don't know how we're going to honor him, but you know, that was just that was a tough blow was a really really tough blow. And, you know, we don't know like, like from a broadcasting standpoint how how is this all going to go? I mean, we've had we've had meetings. You know, they're trying to figure it out. And everybody's trying to do their best to keep everybody safe. But I I some teams going to travel with broadcasters? Some teams won't. You know, what? every county's different. Every state's different. You know, how many games are we going to do down at spring training? I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, there are so many questions. I, but they have to be answered now, right? I mean, they need to be answered. People got to make plans.
2: Yeah, hopefully we get clarity sooner than later on what's going to go on. I mean, I think we know what we're going to be doing in regards to this upcoming season, I think we'll be doing mostly remote until we're allowed to go back to the Coliseum, which that's just weird because, like, the, remember, again, we always mentioned the last game we went to was the wild card game against the uh, the Rays. If you don't count spring training in, in, in Vegas, the last real game we went to was in 2019, almost a year and a half ago. So, we're, we're, you know, we're hoping we get clarity on everything for this year, but it, it's really nice to know that we're going to have baseball um, this season. I don't know if you saw me not when Brody kept talking about playing in November. I kept shaking my head because selfishly I, I, I can't – I don't know if I can handle baseball in November with the, the wedding coming up, but that's just me being selfish about it. Um, like I said, you can't flex my wedding like you can a Sunday night football game. So hopefully we get clarity on what when you know when everything's going to be figured out and, and the season will start on time. And opening day will be April 1st is what it says right now on the calendar, April 1st versus the Astros.
0: I I am so looking forward to getting back to the Coliseum. We at some point will be getting back to games. I can't wait to get back in my treehouse. I can't wait to get back. I don't know. I don't know when we're going to be able to do the show from the field, but you know, just to sit down in the stadium, you can take one section. I'll take another section. <laughs> and to so be able to watch baseball I need to see some live baseball I'm ready I, I'm uh you know I'm ready for I'm ready to be outside and watching the ball fly over the ballpark and watching guys pumping 100 miles an hour I, I'm, I'm I'm ready
2: yeah me too and especially with all the you know excitement entering this season the A's coming off winning the AL West last year and You know the the playoff series against the Astros, and that's who you open the season with. Is Houston tentatively right now? That's going to be awesome. And then just the storylines going into the season, not just with the AL West, but everywhere in baseball. You know, obviously Bauer with the Dodgers, and you know what are the Mets going to do? Um, Although I saw people tweeting already, the Mets missed out on the three big free agents. Welcome back to the Mets so they they get. And it's like, but they traded. But wait, they traded for Lindor and they signed McCann. Like they they've done a lot this offseason. It's not like they just didn't do anything. Uh, and then you got you know there's a lot of young players that I want to see develop and you know well how's Detroit going to do with AJ Hinch this year because uh, you know he's back uh, Alex Cora back in Boston there's a lot of good a lot of not good but you know compelling and interesting storylines we need to follow and you know a race I'm watching besides the NL is the AL Central between the White Sox and the Twins like how are the are the Twins still going to be the favorite to win the division again I think it'd be the third straight year under Rocco Baldelli and can they end that 18 year what is it 18 game losing streak in the postseason that's uh something to follow this year
0: well yeah and 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 you're just not going to be able to uh ham and egg it for like 60 games like some teams did you know it's going to you're you're getting back to playing 162 and 162 exposes your warts so can teams like the COVID Marlins, who hammed and egged it for 60 games. Can they do that again in 162? Well, the one team that's very interesting, and we're going to talk about it next, the Twins. The Twins are one of the teams that are in it to win it. We'll talk to Dan Hayes from The Athletic, who covers the Twinkies in Minnesota next, right here on A's Cast Live.
2: Hi, this is
5: Sean Minaya. Sean has no hands
6: and you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball.
0: All righty, some moves have been made in baseball. If you're just tuning in, Trevor Bauer has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Three years, 102000000 million, opt-outs after this season and the next, but $40 million in 2021, $45 million in 2022. He'll be the highest paid player in 2021 and 2022 coming off a season where he won the Cy Young award. I mean, that's the biggest news in baseball right now. And then soon we're expecting just a flurry of moves. One of the moves, and I think our next guest is going to be excited about it. Dan Hayes is bringing Nelson Cruz back the Minnesota Twins. As that guy is just it, it's a what he has done and what he continues to do at, at, at his age. Dan, how you doing Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's?
7: Hey, what's up Chris? How are you doing, man?
0: We're doing well. We were just talking about, you know, uh, what'd you think of the Trevor Bauer deal to the Dodgers?
7: <laughs> it's uh great deal for uh trevor bauer and wow uh wow like I, i'm just on like the fact that what 85 guaranteed basically guaranteed and you know he'll opt out after that um his agent did pretty pretty well and man that dodger rotation is ridiculously stacked let's uh Uh, I've covered the Padres. I've covered the White Sox and I've covered the twins. I'm pretty sure that's dwarfed all of their off season spending combined for the entire 14 years I've been in baseball. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a power move. Um, we've actually talked about it on this show over the years, you know, why wouldn't teams go out, spend extra money but don't give long-term contracts that gives you the roster flexibility. The Dodgers tried to do it with Bryce Harper. Instead, he took the 13 years, but now they got their guy and it really helps. I mean, the, really the only guy under contract long-term for them right now is Mookie Betts. It's, it's really a smart way to do
7: business. I, I think the higher AAV deals like that are absolutely, but um, they're, they're great. And, you know, the twins don't have a ton of money, but the idea of trying to throw a one year forty million at Bauer if he didn't get it from someone else, you know, like why not think about something like that if you're a team you're only committing for the year, yes, is a big chunk of change. Um, but you know, you're you're taking a shot at a guy that can come in and, and change your team around and not be on the hook. And if it goes awry, you just walk away at the end of the year and that part is great for for teams um on the shorter term stuff and you know you, you see it all the time where a guy maybe is 29 30 where he's gonna sign and you don't like those last two years of the deal of the six-year deal that you have to give them so why not front load those deals and and just give guys um more money at the start and, and entice them to come because that's you're gonna pay them a huge amount of money anyways. you, you look at liam hendricks and man um <laughs> the white Sox gave him basically 54 over three but they get the right to say that that fourth year is theirs if they want it. And, you know, who knows if a reliever gets that far, but it, it's a, a really good deal for, for Hendricks to get that huge AAB up front and potentially have another free agent deal at the end. And the White Sox, you know, they get three years. It, I, I like the, the concept of it rather than the, the 12-year deals where the, the Bryce Harper deal, look at Miguel Cabrera. I mean, that deal was was fantastic at the start. But now they're limping through it. Same with Albert Pujols. You get guys towards the end, and you're on the hook for a ton of money when maybe you pay more at the start, and, and it, over 12 years, averages out. But at the same time, you, uh, you get the, the peak years, and then you get out on guys.
0: How have you liked the, the Twins off season? You got cruise your DH back. You pick up Simmons for short, uh, J Hap. Uh Colomay, just talk about all the signings and what the twins look like heading into 2021.
7: Well well, two weeks ago, there was really nothing going on. Uh, they had signed Hansel Robles at the end of December and that's it. So they had two million on the books for 2021. And you know, they said all along that they were going to have to wait things out. They knew with Nelson Cruz that the National League possibilities with the DH was gonna define his market and whether or not they could get him back and they knew they were going to have to wait on that. And at the same time, um, they wanted him back, but they, they weren't looking to do a two-year deal, which was what the ask was at the start. And, you know, so basically here you are January 20th and you've got Robles and you, you've you lost nine free agents um, off of the, the division winner, including four guys out of your bullpen. And that was 18% of their innings pitched last year. I mean, they, they looked like they were in a pretty big hole and, and they said they were going to spend you know, you talk to people in the industry and they indicated the twins had money to spend, that they were one of the few teams. And, and all of a sudden you have this quarry of moves. And it started with J.A. Happ on a, a really solid deal. One year, $8 million for a guy who's 61 and 31 over the last five years with like a three seventy seven ERA. That's a, a pretty good ad when he's your fourth guy in your rotation. But you followed it up and you got Andrelton Simmons. Um, and then you get a two for one because Nelson Cruz did some recruiting and brought them in Alex Colomay, um, and, and you get those two, and, and all of a sudden you have a really good-looking team. I mean, you look at the fact that they spent the, – the White Sox spent $18 million AAV on, on Liam Hendricks, and I like that move a lot for the White Sox, but you uh, you basically signed $18 million worth of guys this year between Hap, Simmons, and, um, and Robles, and it, it, it's just – It's good use of the money to spread it out. The Twins, I think, are about the fifth or the sixth team right now in major league spending for 2021 payroll. I still think they have another move in them, plus some, uh, you know, to add to the bullpen and then probably some more um, starting pitchers on non-roster invites to camp and uh, incentive-laden deals. And I I think that that's going to really make this team the AL Central favorite. I don't know that they can hold off the White Sox because the White Sox have a loaded lineup with a lot of young hitters who are all kind of progressing nicely uh, between Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. They have uh, Cal's Andrew Vaughn ready to go in the minor leagues, and he could be their DH at some point. You throw that with a group like Yasmani Grandal and Jose Abreu, I mean, that's a really impressive lineup. But I, I think the Twins, their defense is outstanding now on the infield. They basically added one and a half to two and a half wins above replacement just by bringing in Simmons and moving Jorge Polanco to second. Um, they Their pitching has been outstanding the last couple of years, and I think they have a, a good group there. So it should be a lot of fun to see how these teams shake out because the Twins fell off offensively last year. They went from leading the American League, or I'm sorry, made, uh, setting a major league record for home runs uh, in a single season in 2019, hitting 307. To falling off the tenth in the American League last year in runs scored, and obviously that's a, a pretty big fall. I don't think that they are the they're somewhere in between. They're obviously not the 307 home run hitting team, but they're also not the tenth best offense in the AL. So it, it really sets it up for a lot of fun between the Twins and the White Sox.
0: Yeah, we saw the White Sox in the playoffs. They're going to be no day at the beach. They are a, they are a tough ball club. And then, you know, we're always going to lie, we're always going to love Josh Donaldson. He's one of our guys. But are they starting to get worried that, you know, he he just he he's had he has, he's had the health issues. He hasn't been
7: able to stay healthy. Are the Twins worried? I I think that they are definitely looking into monitoring that. And and one reason why they got Simmons was because it allows Polanco to go second, but Luis Arise can play some third base now. And, and really, they have a, a player for every spot on the infield to, to cover them. Obviously, Polanco can go back to short if Simmons has issues. But one thing that happened with Donaldson last year was it was on a weird date that he actually got the calf injury. Um, the Cardinals were in town, or maybe the Cardinals had just left town. The Cleveland Indians had come to town, and it was right after the Cardinals kind of had their COVID blowup. Um, where basically there was deep cleans done of the visiting clubhouse, and everybody had to get rapid tests. So there was no time to basically do the regular pregame routine. And from what I understand with Dalton, that's really important. And and they threw him out there, and and he wanted to get out there, but you know getting out there before the body was fired up, uh, it, he ends up getting hurt and misses a month. It comes back, played really well, and then tweaks the hamstring again right before the playoffs, and. The timing there was unfortunate for them because they lost him. Byron Buxton was dealing with concussion symptoms. And when two of your biggest energy guys are removed from the lineups for the playoffs, pretty much anything can happen. And besides Nelson Cruz, nobody hit for the Twins over those two days against the Astros. And voila, we have the Astros win. And then the Astros obviously make it pretty far there in the the American League playoffs when everybody, A, wanted to see them go home early. And B, uh, didn't expect them to go that far for sure.
0: Yep, we were one of those teams. It was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, where are you with the Indians? Cause there's still some people that go, well, they've got pitching. I'm not buying it, but where are you with the Indians?
7: It's going to be really tough to come back from losing Francisco Lindor. You know, one of the things that's great is getting to see him. And, and at the time I was in Chicago when they played the Cubs in the world series and I, Switched over from White Sox coverage to Cubs coverage to help out, and um, getting to be around him the last couple of years, you know, he's just a force of life, and it's so hard to say we're going to go back without this leader, without this energy guy that's always kind of up and just a positive guy in the clubhouse. I mean, trying to move forward from that is going to be extremely difficult, and I know they signed Eddie Rosario, um, who you know. Having covered the Twins the last three years, I love covering Eddie Rosario. He is one of those guys that's um, extremely talented, will make a maddening play, then will make an amazing play that's even better than it was maddening, the, the maddening play was, to make up for it. And, you know, you, you are left kind of shaking your head at times at what he does, um, but he's just capable of these huge clutch moments. And, and I think the Twins are going to miss that a little bit. You know, they have a lot of great performers, and is an area where they're particularly deep. So I could see why they moved on. They have Alex Kirloff ready to come in, but I do think that will help Cleveland. Cleveland has, uh, you know, struggled outfield wise the last couple of years. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that at some point you or I could have gotten out there and nobody would have noticed the difference between some guy they had in the corner at one point. Um, It's been rough what the Cleveland team has run out there, but, you know, I just, I think about it. They have great pitching. Um, it, it's still a pretty weak division after the first two teams. So it wouldn't stun me to see the Indians win, or I'm sorry, Cleveland to win 78 to 80 games somewhere around there and finish close to 500, because if you can pitch, you can stay in a lot of games. It's just, you, you tire out over the course of a year, you know, covering the Padres and, and you, you win a lot of three, two games. Well, you get tired by August and September when every game is that tense. And I, I just see that happening for Cleveland. Uh, I, I don't think that they have enough to get there. And I frankly don't see them spending that much more um, than they have already. And, you know, just the loss of Lindor is so significant. that I think they fall off and, and make, you know, make it a two-team race between the White Sox and, and the Twins.
0: If you, if you had to predict – Universal DH and expanded playoffs. Do we have either of those this season?
7: It wouldn't shock me if we got the universal DH thrown in. You look at what uh, the adjustments that were made last year to kind of figure things out. And the seven inning doubleheader was, was genius because you're going to have all those games crammed into a a short period. I I think that baseball is going to have to think about some, good ideas for the health of the game and you know pitchers the the good thing is that pitchers are going to camp and they will have time to practice and and prepare for hitting last year they did not have that really especially with that quick ramp up you know guys were focused on building up their arms not stepping in the cage so they do have the full five six weeks to get ready at the same time i i think it wouldn't stun me if baseball basically said yeah, let's do this. We don't want our pitchers getting hurt. There's already enough injury risk going from 60 games to 162 anyways. Let's remove this possibility because it, it might result in a better product. And and I wouldn't be surprised if we got the 17 double headers back. Um, that would be great. But, you know, it, it's just, it's more for the the product and helping guys and, and less injuries. And I think, especially with the way things are right now, um, you know, I mean, are we going to have, these 30 man kind of squads like obviously we didn't have triple a last year but how is this going to work at the start with the minor leagues you know all these things have to be determined and it's so incredibly crazy that we're here 10 days before camp starts and we don't have answers on any of this that i do think things are on the table i don't know about the expanded playoffs it would make sense to add one team on each side just to eliminate for covid kind of uh, possibilities of wiping out like two weeks of a team that would be a great idea but I don't know that that will happen um, but they really should be open to anything just because we learned so much last year you look at the NHL right now and what a mess it is with you know I think the Chicago Blackhawks are missing like seven guys right now with COVID we've seen it in the NBA it's gonna happen these teams are going to be affected and if you can kind of safeguard them against these things, it's better for the, the league. So um, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm more on the side that we could see those, but at the same time, you know, baseball waited this long to negotiate all this stuff in the first place. So that gives you an idea of where they are on being right about things.
4: Well, I, I,
0: I glad you brought it up because we brought it up earlier today that there's so many questions we need answers and we need answers quick because spring training is it's pitchers and catchers are reporting you know what are the rules how we how is this going to go down it's 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 very it's so odd that we have so many so many questions unanswered at this point
7: yeah and honestly if they had tackled this stuff in december i think the league the union might have been more open in negotiating but here's the thing when you wait till february when you wait till the end of january to really start doing this guys have already paid their down payments on the places they're going to live nobody is going to pay for february and then be willing to just say yeah let's go to spring training on march 22nd that's totally fine with me i'm going to burn the five grand that i put down for my place this last month you know you think about guys that need three bedroom houses for their families to come down there and they're paying a lot of money not, not everybody is and a lot of guys will split things up but players don't want to burn money. You don't, you know, you you stay rich by being cheap basically. So you don't, you don't uh, blow money like that and walk away from it. And even though it is 100% for being a a safeguard and, and just being really intelligent about uh, safety with COVID there's, you know, I, I think everybody would have loved to have gone March 22nd, if the game had been really proactive about it, but when you wait till so late, I mean, they're not getting that money back. They're they're and then all of a sudden you got to pay for April for part of spring training. Um, I just don't see guys wanting to do that. It, it it's just really comes down to and I heard that from three players and feel confident that guys just would would not want to waste any kind of money and that's what it has come down to and it's it's kind of sad and. <laughs> it's just something that, man, if there had been a lot more proactivity on this, we would not be having some of these issues.
0: There's no doubt about it. Dan, great stuff. Be safe, be well, and let's talk later in the season.
7: All right. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Dan Hayes
0: covers the twins for the athletic, but obviously been around baseball, White Sox, Padres. I mean, he's right. And that's... That's kind of the problem with the relationship between baseball and its players. That they just fight each other on every little thing. It's like, come on, guys. At some point, you got to be able to find some common ground. It's the entertainment business. You're here to entertain. You're all making money. I mean, let's go. But, yeah, instead of always waiting to the last minute, and then that causes even more of a dust-up, get in a room. Do it and, you know, you know. right now, I wish, I instead of worrying about how we're going to do it, I wish they already had those answers, and what they'd be doing right now is working on a new CBA. So at some point during the season, they can say, don't worry, everybody. Everything's going to be good. We've signed a new CBA 10 years, five years, whatever it is. And the game moves on. There is nothing that is worse for the fans than to hear players and owners negotiating. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants Nobody wants to hear about labor strife, especially with where we are now in this country. That is going to be an awful, awful look. That's where we have talked about, you know, get in a room, no one leak anything out, and just have a party together. Hey, we've signed a new CBA. Life's good. You're going to have your differences. All right. But you need to negotiate. You know, the owners need to make money. The players need to make money. And there's money out there to be had. Go get it. It's The best thing you could do for your sport is coming up here. I don't know when the exact date is, but coming up and saying, hey, we're holding hands, singing Kumbaya. Nothing to worry about going forward. But it just seems, God, everybody's just looking for it. Am I wrong, Cody? It just seems like everybody's looking for a fight.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we got till December 1st for the CBA, and it's just, I don't, I'm hoping they figure this out and we figure out the, like we talked about already, the DH and the expanded playoffs and all that. But you mentioned earlier, um, as I pivot here a little bit, about how the Bauer news could uh, open the floodgates of signings. Well, my friend, you were correct. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN and Ken Rosenthal, the Detroit Tigers have signed Jonathan Scope to a one-year, four and a half million-dollar deal. So, arguably the best second base option on the market is now gone as well. I wouldn't. I would. I thought, oh, hey, hey, guys want guys want jobs.
0: You know they they. We all have we all have our inner clocks, right? And baseball players right now their their inner their inner clocks are they're a ticking. They know spring training's right around the corner. You heard what Dan said. That stuff we don't even really think about is where are they gonna stay? You got to find a place for a month. Some guys are going to be in the team hotel. Will they have a team hotel? I mean, there's so many questions out there. We have no answers. How's the team hotel looking? So many of those guys, though, do live in Arizona. But same thing for the guys in Florida. I'm just shocked that we have so many questions in so little time. But I guess, you know, we are at a point to where you got to be flexible. All these sports got to be flexible. I, I hated hearing that the, I didn't realize hockey was doing that
2: bad. Yeah, the Sharks are playing for the first time since I think last week tonight in Anaheim. Uh, they didn't play two games this week against Vegas because former Sharks coach Peter DeBoer came down with COVID, I believe, or had COVID symptoms. So they locked, they, you know, they, they locked on the facility for the, the Golden Knights and they they haven't played since last week and the Knights are playing tonight, I believe, but, and the Sharks are as well, but hockey's having a really bad time with it. Like the, the Penguins, the team I grew up watching, they're not playing because of, you know, the teams they're supposed to be playing are having COVID issues. I haven't seen anything about the Canadian teams having any issues, so it's more just the teams here in the United States that seem to be having the issues with hockey. And basketball has been a little bit better recently. They uh, haven't had a lot of issues with players testing positive. Although this idea that they're, they're they want to have an all-star game is a little weird. Uh, next, I think it's next month they want to have an All Star game in Atlanta, but a lot of players aren't happy about that. But that's a different subject yeah. for a different day. Uh, but yeah, it, this whole this whole season is going to be very interesting in how they figure all this stuff out with hotels and travel and all that. And I, I I sent Dan Hayes a thank you text after. You know what he said back to me? I'm from the North Bay. I I used to listen to Chris all the time growing up.
0: Oh, that's nice. Look at
2: you! You got fans everywhere.
0: That's nice.
2: Dan O'Dowd the other day stealing your material. Now now Dan Hayes is a big fan of yours.
0: That's cool. No, he was good. But yeah, the uh we need I, I, I we need to get some answers soon. But baseball does I mean everybody needs, needs to be flexible. If you're going to get this Here's the thing. If we've we we what we have learned is you're not going to go a whole season without somebody getting it. That's just not going to happen. Every sport, we're human beings. Every sport, you're going to have guys who come down with COVID. The question is, how are you going to handle it? And one thing that baseball players don't want to do. They don't want to go into that bubble like they had in the postseason. I mean, it's, they hated it. I mean, you're testing every single day. It's just, it's just sounded brutal. But once again, you gotta, you got you, you gotta be flexible. And ho- hopefully, you know, we'll knock on wood. We'll get through, we'll get through a, a full season. And especially, like, when you're an A's fan, you know, you you have a team. I I know you're all bummed out about short and second base right now, but they're going to find replacements. And the A's are going to have one of the better teams. Those twins, they got a shot. Braves, they got a shot. Dodgers, Padres, Yankees. How many, I mean, realistically, I would say the list is somewhere around 10 teams that have a
2: shot. Well if you just go through every division and just look at it. Uh Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, uh, AL Central Twins, White Sox, so there's five. And then in the AOS you got I would say two, so you got seven right there. Dodgers Padres, it's nine. Central God. Um, they have one. Maybe the Cardinals, so you know, I'll throw the Brewers in there, so eleven. And then the AL I mean literally every team in the AL the NL East, I don't I mean, I don't know. Is it going to be the Mets? Are the or my COVID Marlins gonna gonna be good again? Uh, the Braves are going to be the front. Let's we'll give the Braves for sure. So that's twelve. Yeah. You got anywhere between twelve and fifteen teams that'll be going for it. Seems like. So half the league, half the sport, will be trying. I, I, I think I I think you're giving some the benefit of the doubt too. Oh, of I course. The no inter- cent- than- Yeah, well, the, I mean, I'm being, I think I'm being a little generous with the uh, the Brewers there. Well, and you know what? How about this? Before we get to Glenn Kuiper.
0: If people, if they expand they expand postseason and they've got teams getting in that are under 500, that's that's on the teams. Because this offseason, you're going to be able to look at these teams and go, well, you didn't go out and do anything. Yeah, there's a reason you're under 500. You didn't do anything. You didn't try. Expanding the playoffs is good for the sport, but more of the sport has to be trying. Coming up next, the TV face of your Oakland Athletics, G-Kype. Glenn Kyper will join us right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: I got to tell you, being on the MLB page for ESPN.com right now, and it is just, it's bizarre. I don't know about you, Cody. It's just bizarre to see Trevor Bauer in a Dodgers uniform.
2: A little bit. I mean, like I said, maybe later we'll play the audio from his uh, YouTube channel where he does the whole thing. But, yeah, it's – I mean, he's an L.A. kid, but I totally thought the L.A. team he'd be going to, if it was going to be an L.A. team, would be the Angels, not the Dodgers. But good on the Dodgers for being able to pull off that move to bring him down there. I mean, that's – Again, that pitching staff is just incredible on paper right now, and he could be the third guy making $40 million a year.
0: Well, you forget about David Price. I can't remember what show we were doing, but someone brought it up. I went, oh, yeah, because he opted out of last season. You you forgot that he's still under contract with them. And then you start to wonder if it, – it, it, for some of these guys, some of these guys, the the break is going to do a lot for them. You know, some of these older pitchers who had a lot of mileage on their arms, you know, I, I if I'm looking at it glass half full, I could see a guy like David Price taking a full year off, you know, strengthen your body, and then come back and you feel great. I could see somebody like David Price being one of those guys. Cause there are there are there are plenty of pitchers out there who now they don't log innings like they used to. We're not gonna talk to Ray Fossey about his friend Potna, about Gaylord Perry throwing 370 innings in a season. But still, with all these guys being max velocity guys and throwing the baseball as hard as they can every single time, um, Maybe this break will do wonders for some of these guys. You know, you kind of kind of you kind of got a you got a year to to kind of rehab and get back. Especially think about these minor league guys who didn't play and they were trying to they were trying to recover from them. So this break may do a world of good for certain pitchers. Hello <laughs> Mr. Kuiper. how are you?
8: Tony, how you doing? It's good to talk to you as always.
0: I, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I just saw it for the first time, but uh, Trevor Bauer in a Dodger uniform looks very odd.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the video, kind of weird. Um, but he, you know, he does his own thing, and he wanted to make the announcement. So um, I guess ultimately we shouldn't be surprised. He's from down there, and, um, you know, that's not a bad team to hook up with. So. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting, and you know he's uh, he's an interesting cat. We'll see how that goes down there, but uh, boy oh boy, they are they are super good, and I think they're going to be they're going to be good for a long time. And so he's, he's fun to watch, it's fun to watch. We'll see how that all works out.
0: Well, and in this weird season that we're about to embark on, that some people are really worried about how many starts you're going to get out of each guy they now legitimately have like eight or nine starters that they could use. I mean, they've got wealth of talent.
8: Yeah. And, and, you know, you, I think with the last, maybe three or four years, you've started to hear GM say that more where you you don't need a five man rotation. You really need, you really need seven, you know, to make it through a 162 game season. And, and you're right. That may be even more important this year, just because, yeah, you don't know, you know, I mean, guys pitched a third of a season last year right or whatever it was and um, so yeah you you're going to need to go you're going to need to have you know five and then three waiting somewhere in the minor leagues or in your bullpen I think to to, if you want to if you want to be really good and and you know make it through the the full season I I do and you I think you're going to see you're going to see a handful of teams use a six-man rotation too maybe not the whole year but at, at different times um, I think that's definitely going to happen.
0: Yeah, and you you, you worry about um, the depth in your organization because so many of your pitchers uh, they haven't pitched. They, you know, you can't you can yeah. you can throw bullpens and you can toss BP, but that's not like being in a game. And you know, going back to your minor league career, can you imagine if you would have took a full
8: year off? <laughs> I did. I took two full years off. <laughs> well. But yeah, you know that that's a that's a good point too. Is because any 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 uh, kids that you may be thinking, hey, you know this this guy's going to help us this year. Yeah, you got to look back and you go, yeah, but what did he do last year? Where where was he? Did he pitch at all? Um, so yeah, it it's it, it all kind of kind of kind of drips into this year a little bit. What happened, uh, you know, with last year's season? So um, yeah, I think it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting year for for many many reasons, but the, yeah, that's one of them because now you're back to 162, and boy oh boy, you know you're 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 really going to have to massage the whole pitching thing, and you know that includes bullpens too. So it's it's always something that you that you watch closely each year, and and I think you make a great point. This year, it, it just may be how teams maneuver through their rotation. Uh, you know, to to get through six months.
0: You know, the bottom line is we get used to when a player is time to cash in and get a big salary. There's a good chance he's not going to remain in Oakland. So we, we've seen this for many, many years. But when you're looking at shortstop and second base, do you think there's internal options to replace short and second, or is this something they're still going to have to go outside?
8: Um. Boy, that's a tough question Tony and I, I think it's probably a combination believe it or not I listen I, I think that the people that the people that you you have on your roster that you think could could fill that out you're you're taking them from somewhere else then right you're taking Chad pinder from a super duper utility role right and you're taking Tony Kemp From you know he's probably a he's probably a super utility guy as well, Um, you know. So I I don't know. I I I think you're talking about filling two filling in for two guys that are that were really really good. And I think it's going to be hard to get close to uh, what you got last year from Simeon and Lastella. Even though Lastella wasn't there very long, but he was pretty darn good when he was. So I think that. I think at this point and going into this season, I think it could be an issue. Um, you know, are there guys to trade for out there? Yeah, probably, but you know, I don't know. No, it's 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 a little bit of a concern, only because the two guys that you you are losing in the middle infield, or I thought both really good, even though Marcus was down a little bit last year, but it's still and you know, he's still clearly one of your best players. So I wish I could give you a more firm answer, but you know, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe internally, and you maybe you still go get somebody. But it's it's a concern, no question about it, Tommy.
0: You know, and I getting all these uh, previews and looking around. You know, a lot of people last year did not have good years. You know, we were just talking to. Dan Hayes who covers the Twins like the year before the Twins were set the record for most home runs and then they dropped off when you really look around baseball Glenn there were a lot of people because it was only 60 games that didn't have the same kind of seasons they had in 2018 or 2019
8: yeah and it's funny that you you brought up the Twins because I was I, I do a little work I do a little baseball work every day kind of get ready for the season and I work on different teams each day just to you know and today I spent about an hour and a half on the twins, just, you know, and you know, you're thinking, man, they were crushing the ball last year, right? Scoring tons of runs. They were 10th in the American league and run scored, which caught me by surprise because they really had a good year and they have a good team, but they were down last year offensively. Um, and yeah, I think there may be, there may be guys that just never got into a groove, right? I mean, that can happen normal season it's not that uncommon for somebody to to maybe get off to a slow start for the first month and a half of the season well a month and a half last year was 80 percent of the year so um yeah I, I I think because last year was so strange I, I do think guys just never ever got fully into the flow of what was going on
0: yeah and it, and, and just you know looking back at last season you know you, you got guys that are trying to get their batting average from 225 to 320 in one game. You could see how easy <laughs> sure. it would be to start pre I mean cuz you only got you, you got 2 months and you're looking at the scoreboard and you're at a buck 90. I I can see why you're why you have those issues in your yeah. press.
8: Yeah, that that's 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 a good point. I mean, you you normal season you're thinking, well, I got plenty of time, you know, just put together a couple good weeks, but you know, a couple good weeks, that that's a lot of the season from last year. So Again, just to, just another part of what was so strange last year. But guys do know, they, they, they look at the scoreboard, they see what their batting average is on the scoreboard. and And when all of a sudden, you know, time is running out and you're still hitting 230, yeah, yeah, it starts to get a little tight. And then you start to press even more. And you know what they say, the more you press, the more your average goes down, right? I mean... Uh, but again, I'm, I'm just looking forward to a normal season, normal being 162 games and, uh, just have some comfort level with that again.
0: Yeah. And when you start looking at the A's, you know, one thing I think a lot of people are going to notice as we are getting into spring training is the, the A's they're, 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 I'm looking at the schedule. Now you open up a season, then you play the Dodgers. And so you may see Trevor Bauer and you, then you play Houston again, you got Minnesota on there, uh, getting out to a good start. I think is going to be re- I mean, it's good for everybody, obviously, but for the A's, especially the way the schedule looks, oh, well, it's not going to be easy.
8: Yeah, that's right. What is it? Seven of the first 10 or something against the Astros. I believe it's something like that. So, um, yeah, you get right after it and, you know, we've always worried about the slow starts, although last year that was not the case in, in a short season. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a fun year just from this division standpoint, because, you know, where are the Astros right now? They, you know, are they are they still as good? Uh, you know, when is Verlander coming back? What's going on with that? There's a lot of questions there. I, I, I like what the actually like what the Angels have done. Um you know, they still always need that that ace at the top which they really don't have but I think they've made some nice additions and uh, you know so so I think the As are still the best team in that division but you know as always you you're going to be challenged by I think it's still a pretty good Astros team and and what I do I, I think the angels have a chance to be pretty good this year.
0: That's not gonna, you know, getting to the playoffs for four, the four straight years is not going to be easy. And nope. uh, And then and and we still don't know how the playoffs are gonna look. I mean, if you had to, if you had to look into your crystal
8: ball, do you think we'll have the expanded playoffs? I could see that still happening. Yeah, I I, I know that they're gonna have to go back and and you know talk about it, which you know they don't seem to get along very well, the owners and the players, but. I could still see that coming up, and I hope it does, Um, and I say hope because I I, I like a little larger postseason. I don't know about 16 or 14, but I I, I could be all right with 12, Um, 12 out of 30 teams. I I, I wouldn't want to go much deeper than that, Um, so I, I hope they do that. I hope they talk again about Little postseason expansion, and I think that they will. Um, and we'll see, we'll see. But I, I like the idea of, you know, maybe giving another team a shot to get in there. I think that's probably good for baseball. Um, and I enjoyed last year where it was a weird short season, but there was more teams getting in. But you 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 followed along, and and you, you know. You saw who was making a run at it late, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, uh, although I think just to maybe get back to some more normalcy, I'd like to see him maybe go to maybe twelve teams getting in. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: So we've all had a long time off, right? What's like oh. the what's the one thing like you learned about yourself or something that you went and did while you've had a lot of a lot of time to yourself? <laughs>
8: Well, I, you know, when when I don't have something to do, I can be really cranky. You know, that's that's what my wife tells me, at least. Uh, you, you know what? I, I I've enjoyed, you know, being with my family more, um, and and I, I guess that's a good thing. But boy, oh boy, it's just when you don't have something to look forward to, it really does. Kind of wear you down uh, mentally and emotionally. You know what I mean? Where you're so used to having this to look forward to, and and you know, kids activities to look forward to, and and sports to look forward to, and a vacation to look forward to, and spring training to look forward. to. I'm going down, you know, that kind of thing. Where you and now you just seem like you have anything to look forward to, um, and that wears you that wears you out a little bit. And that's what I've kind of learned in the last, you know, five, six months. It's just, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And, and listen, it's, it's, you know, it's probably a lot harder for other people. But I just, I miss having things to look forward to. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's getting close to, to changing when the season starts and all that. So I look at the calendar every day, Tony, and check off the day as we inch a little bit closer to, you know, getting the spring training started. So um, I'll feel better when that happens.
0: Yeah. Whatever, whatever the rules, whatever it is, just get games back. I, 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 I'm sure you can't wait to get back to the Coliseum and start calling some games. I would actually like to come to the Coliseum and see some games. I just, I just want to see base. I want to be talking about baseball.
8: Yeah, I know. I know. And, and even last year, you know, we all did the, the best we could and, you know, talking about it and doing the games from the Coliseum and then doing the road games from the Coliseum. Um, you know, we made the best of it. It was fun. Um, but there was still something not not right about it, not normal about it. And, you and you know, you feel it. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen this year. You know, I, I, you know, we may be calling road games, you know, from the Coliseum again like we did last year. That's probably going to happen. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm with you. I just I want to talk about it. I want to look at box scores every morning. I want to do all that stuff that makes you feel like things are getting back to normal. Um, and that's why I'm, 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 I'm just looking forward to a full season. I'm looking forward to spring training starting in you know 10 days because I think it'll make a lot of people feel like we're getting a little closer to some normalcy. And, uh, you know, I think it's good for people's psyche. So got our fingers crossed that uh, spring training goes. And then April 1st, you know, we're excited about opening night.
0: You know, I I commend everybody in all the different sports, broadcasters, uh, because, you know, it's not easy when you're calling games off a monitor. But, you know, when you look back at last year and if some of this year is going to be the same way, I mean, when you listen to – the Ken and Vince on the radio, it, it, it sounded normal. I mean, other than when they would like show you guys in the different booths, well, you know, Ray, but Dallas down below, I mean, for the most part, it looked normal to us. And I think that really helped us fans get through because I know it wasn't easy for you guys, but once we turned on the television, it was baseball and it's you and Ray and you know, it's, it was normal.
8: Well, and, and you and I have talked about it and, and that, that that's a huge compliment and i appreciate that because that's really last year really it was, that was sort of our you know our our goal was to even though things were going to be different you know we there wasn't going to be in the stands. we weren't in the same booth you know when the team was on the road we were doing the game off the monitor but if people said to us hey we couldn't tell seemed like you were there or you know it seemed like you guys were right next to you that's that's a huge compliment and that's really we all kind of felt like hey if, if if we're pulling that off then we're happy because it's not easy I mean it's a lot different but as long as the people at home can turn the tv on watch the game and feel like it's pretty normal even though you may not be seeing fans in the sand I mean that you know that's sort of a different thing even but uh, as long as they can pop the game on, sit back, enjoy, you know, and, and feel, feel like it's pretty normal. And then maybe this year, you know, we get some fans in the stands, which I think will probably happen. Um, that, that's it. That, that's that's where we're at right now. And, and you know, we're fortunate too, Tony, we've got a good team. You know, I mean, the A's are, are, have been really good. They're going to be good. They'll continue to be good. So there's an entertainment value there, too. I mean, we're not talking about a last-place team there. We're talking about a, a really, really good team with a lot of good young players. So, uh, you know, that is exciting and another reason to, to look forward to getting this whole thing going.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine uh, being
8: around a bad team right now. <laughs> <I would've... laughs> well, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, you're all – you know, you're all kind of grinding through this, like, you know, the fans are grinding through it too, right? They want to go to the ballpark, but it does make it easier at least to say, Hey, I'm going to have to stay home for a while. I'm going to have to watch the games on TV, but they're pretty good. And so I think that probably helps the situation a little bit, but, but I tell you what, Tommy, we got to get some fans back in the stands, man. I mean, it just, it just, you know, even if it's a small amount, just to start with, I, I, I just, we got to get something going, you know, where, you know, where people can get back to the ballpark, even if it's small amounts and and watch the A's and, you know, across the day, watch the Giants. And, um, I think again, another thing that would really, really help, you know, get back to some normalcy, uh, not just in the sports world, but just in, you know, in, in the world, in general, you know, and I think these things do do help. Um, and, and and if if that helps people kind of get through this whole thing, then you know, let's let's do it. You know. Well, it's great to hear from you. Be
0: well with the family and be safe. And uh, hopefully, next time we talk, we're actually talking about spring training games.
8: Absolutely, I want to talk about about you know, some random minor leaguer who went into the game in the eighth inning down in Mesa and had the game-winning hit. That's what I want to talk about. Number 88 or 89. (laughs) Exactly. They they called him over from the minor league complex. That's what we need to talk about. (laughs) All right, be well. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, Glenn Kuiper, the TV face of your Oakland Athletics. Guess who we're talking to next, Commander?
2: Um, uh, Josh Fagley.
0: Josh Fagley. If you haven't heard, Josh Fagley has retired. Played last year with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, he had a very good, uh, especially a good start for 2019 for the A's. But last year played for the Cubs and he's just decided ten years. Is it ten years he played?
2: I think it was it was eight years he played.
0: And uh he's hanging him up. And we're gonna talk to him in snowy Indiana. I mean, his twenty nineteen was pretty good. And at one point we we're, you know, we we're I mean, the, the average ended up dropping, but at one point we were talking about he could he be an all star?
2: yeah I remember that' cause that was our first yeah. that was our first year of ace cast and i remember we had him on a few times when we were uh on the field and he had that career game at Pittsburgh um uh when the Pir- when the, the a's were in pittsburgh uh he he was great for the a's as a you know as a guy that filled in when he when he needed them then he was primarily the guy in 2019 and then last year he played for the Cubs and then you know he decided you know he has other things he wants to do it's it's fascinating I mean, your career as a you know as a catcher and it's not that's uneasy on your body as they would say, I mean, I mean, just look at Bruce Bochy. I mean, he can barely walk. Um, so, you know, kudos to him for you know knowing when it was time to step away. And and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from him.
0: Yeah, you know, some people try and stay in it as long as they possibly can, and some people say, you know what, I need a change of, I need I need, need a change of of scenery. And I'm sure there's, I, I, I'm sure what these players have been going through and what they are now probably projecting for this year. I haven't really thought about this till now, but how many guys are going to hang it up? I mean, for for instance, um, Ted Leitner, longtime play-by-play guy for the Padres, he's retiring. I think there's just some people who don't want to go through this again. I don't know how many that's going to be. And, you know, some of these people are just having a hard time getting jobs. But I'm not going to be shocked if there's there's people who, in all sports, who just go, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm going to hang them up.
2: Yeah, I'm curious this year um, to see, since I know last year was only 60 games, but will we see anybody opt out this year is an interesting question. We've seen some guys do it in the NFL. I know they only play one game a week, but – I think the Patriots had like seven or eight guys that didn't play this year for them. Uh, I'm not really sure about hockey if a lot of guys opted out. But for baseball, I'm curious to see if that's if that's something that happens. You know, everyone has their right to do what they feel safe doing. And, you know, like we mentioned last year, we have no right to judge them for that. But it's it'll be interesting to see if we play full 162 and that's the plan. If any players are like, you know what, we're going to sit out and wait for, you know, for a full season where there's no, you know, no pandemic and everyone's vaccinated. So, uh, that's something to kind of monitor a little bit, just to see if anyone does it. Because last year we saw, you know, guys like David Price, uh, Lorenzo Cain, you know, guys, you know, there were guys that sat out last year and they're coming back this year. So, especially David Price, being in that that Dodgers rotation, if again, if people still haven't seen the news, if you haven't been on the internet at all today, uh, Trevor Bauer is now a Dodger. Uh, if you want to see the video, go check out his YouTube page. It's pretty pretty good. But
3: oh,
0: we got to play that in a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, Bauer is so good on social media. I know people are. Hit or miss with him, but I, I like what he does on social media. I think it's I think it's great that a player is showing his side of what he's doing and like what he likes and his interests and like it, it gives the personality look at a player that really isn't spotlighted on TV or you know and probably in the local like the, the Reds probably did some stuff with him, but you know he's been on our program a few times. He's a he's a good interview. He's very he's really smart, and now you get to see how he is with social media, and that's that's like your window into seeing what he's like off the field. And you're going to the second biggest market. Yeah, and you grow up down there. So he's going home for essentially two years and $85 million. I mean, that's just, Jesus. $85 million to pitch two years in L.A. And yeah. he's, what, thir- 29 going on 30? He might be 30 right now. Uh, that's that's crazy. Kudos to him and to his agent, Rachel uh, Luba, for, for what she was able to do to get that, the money for power. Remember, he always said he wouldn't sign a, uh, a multi-year deal. And if he did, now I'm curious to see if the uh, – the friend gets the he used a paintball gun now uh, with him because remember that whole story a couple years ago. Yep. So we'll see if that becomes a story later on uh, down the road with Trevor Bauer.
0: <laughs>
2: All righty, fegs,
0: he's hanging him up. We head to Indiana next, right here on A's Cast Live. Now
1: back to A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Josh Begley got into Major League Baseball with the Chicago White Sox. Then he'd get traded to the Oakland Athletics, where he'd be here in 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. And then last season, he ended up with the Chicago Cubs. Eight years, hit 225, a 649 OPS, 35 home runs, 162 RBIs, and he's calling it a career. Here's our friend Josh Fagley. We're going to congratulate him as he goes into retirement. Well, it's great to see you. How, how is everything in Indiana?
5: It's uh, it's white right now, very white, uh, very cold. The wind is howling, but uh, feel good to be home and and settling in with the family. So, congratulations on a fantastic career. You're
0: gonna you're gonna retire. What made you say, you know what? I'm hanging it up, and I'm not
5: going to play this season. Um, honestly, just perspective and stepping back and, and thinking about it, praying about it, um, and kind of thinking about my goals in life and, and where I'm headed, what I want to do. And once I kind of gained that perspective, baseball was, you know, it kind of run its course. And I know with the role I've had, um, kind of a, a backup type catcher, uh, the opportunities were, you know, few and far between, um. So I could sign on probably somewhere and do a minor league deal and grind it out and try to make it back up there, but it just didn't seem worth it to miss the family. And um, I'm pretty proud of the run I had and the accomplishments I've, I've been able to, to accomplish. And um, I, I was, I'm at peace, you know, stopping right now and calling quits.
0: Well, that's, that's the way to do it. And, and I'm sure your knees and your golf game are going to thank you for this decision also.
5: (laughs) Yeah. My body feels pretty good for stepping away. Uh, I'm I'm turning 33 in a week. Um, if you asked me 10 years ago, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected to kind of feel this good stepping away from catching that many years. So very thankful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and, And there were times that you, you grinded with
5: injuries. Yeah. That's, that's the life. That's the life of a catcher. And, um, Nothing major, but, you know, just catching at that level, you know, you're going to have nagging things that just don't really go away until you quit. And I think about your
0: time with the A's, you know, the one thing that, you know, you like to tell a lot of different players is that when you come to the A's, it's the land of opportunity. You are going to get a shot to play. And I think about what you did in 2019. You had a fantastic year for the A's. What was what was it like your time playing for the Green and Gold?
5: Well, like you said, land of opportunity. I, I felt like uh, I did get a shot with the White Sox. I didn't really capitalize on that shot. And uh, that change of scenery was big for me to come over and just get plugged right in. I know we didn't have a lot of success in those first first few years, but Um, that playing time was huge and just knowing, okay, here's your role. You're going to play, you know, X amount of games a week. You're going to hit lefties. And that just gave me some, some comfort, some, some confidence and, uh, and just kind of, I was able to focus on my role and, and just, and just play, you know, I think uh, I always have the tendency to overperform and try to do too much and be a hero. And, and that's never worked out for me ever. Uh, So to just kind of have that role defined. And I, I kind of felt like I I blossomed as a player there in Oakland and, and, you know, playing for Bob Melvin was, was amazing. Uh, That staff, all the players I got to play with there. Um, It was, it was a fun ride. Yeah. I got to
0: think for you catchers, the fact that Bob is such a good communicator, the fact that he did play, uh, behind the dish in his big league career. He, he kind of knows everything that you're going through, whether at that time you're starting or, or or you're backing up. What was that communication like between you and Bob?
5: It was excellent. Um, he had a lot of advice early on and how to handle that role and, and to just relax, honestly, because you play once or twice a week. You feel like those at-bats are kind of – waited on whether or not you get to play more the next week or play less and you know he assured me you know just just stay the course and and trust the process just relax and when i call your name like get in there and just play and have fun and he was really good at communicating when i was playing because he knows that role's tough you know it kind of gets sprung on you you know early on it was hey votes dealing with this he needs a day you know you got to jump in there today or something like that but he was good at letting me know you know a day in advance or or giving me uh, before the series, Hey, they're throwing a lefty on Saturday. So, and just to, you know, have that scheduled out and him with that communication, it, it took a lot of pressure off.
0: And when you, when you think you come to Oakland, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a different deal. You got drummers, you got flags, you got, you got, you got a really passionate uh, fan base. What was it like playing for
5: these fans? It was awesome. And, and you know, they, they don't have a great reputation for really packing that stadium but, you know, you go other places that are packed, you know, 80% of the fans are just there to watch it and like, you know, be a part of an experience and watch a game. Um, you know, the other 20% are actually fans of the team or players, but you know, the people that show up in Oakland, like they're, they're in the game, they understand it. They're fans. Uh, they like to make it personal. You know, they'll say good luck or, you know, great game the other day. And we've gotten multiple gifts. You know, when my wife, uh, gave birth to both my kids. We got gifts from fans and, <laughs> and cards and special notes. Like it was, it was really cool. When
0: you look back at your A's career, where, what, what are your, some of your
5: favorite moments? Oh man. Um, well, obviously the career day in Pittsburgh in 19 was really fun. Uh, I was thinking about the the fires, no hitter the other day. And uh, just the, the, chain of events that led up to that. The light tower going out and being on on West Coast time, all my family back home, they didn't want to wait it out. You know, it's it's twelve thirty when we're starting the game and, you know, like, we're going to bed, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And then he throws a no hitter and I get to catch it. And all the messages I got the next day were just hilarious. Like, you know, the one time I missed the game and I'm not watching, it's a no hitter. And it was that, that that was just a fun game in general.
0: Yeah, I mean you look back on that day and you got all the powers of B are out on the field and the light tower is out and you're going, we're not going to play this game. And then it was like the one, no hitter. Like a lot of people are never going to remember it. Right. There wasn't that many people in the stands. Uh, right. <laughs> ML- MLB network had already done their post game coverage. So they didn't talk about it till the next morning. It was, it was so bizarre. And just to think, though, Mike fires two no hitters, both in interleague play.
5: Wow, that's he's he's got some bizarre stats himself. But uh, yeah, that was that was quite the experience. And and you know how the the energy level, the intensity, kind of gets sucked out of you after a delay, or you're kind of waiting around. You. De- you're you're halfway mentally checked out, like oh they're gonna they're gonna bang the game we're not gonna play, and then oh now we're playing. So it just kind of like it was a smooth game the whole way through, and and pretty light. And then it just you know built and built up to the climax of the last inning, and you know throwing that no hitter was awesome.
0: You know I like how you say you know things change in life, and you get new goals and you get new purpose. So since you've announced your retirement, what what, what do you think this this next stage in your life is all
5: about? Well, I mean, since being in professional baseball, I've kind of had a side hobby of just home improvement projects. And I've done some extensive stuff to our homes and, and just loving to fix things and build stuff, a little woodworking. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards diving into real estate and flipping some houses. Um, maybe getting into some rental properties or something like that. And, and, I, I'm, a, I'm a busy bee. I, I can't sit and hang out. You know, my wife, she's starting her nursing career finally um, after the decade long sacrifice of just being a stay at home mom. And, and I have an immense amount of respect for her uh, for everything she's done for me and to kind of be able to step back and let her pursue her career and, and back her up and be there for the kids so she can can pursue that. And uh, I'll I'll find my things on the side to do and stay busy. I can tell you my
0: handyman uh, was an electrician for one of the tech companies. He retired and he says he's working more now than when he was working for the (laughs) tech company because everybody needs a handyman. So if you want to stay busy and he makes good money doing it, I don't know. It'd be pretty cool to have your handyman be a guy who played in the big leagues for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, and, and I love just doing, I mean, I don't care what it is. If it's something small, I love to find a problem and fix it. And I find, you know, immense pride and joy in that. So it's right up my alley.
0: And with everything that's going on with COVID and the testing was brutal and uh, everything, it, it, does that make it a little easier too, to walk away? Cause we're still de- dealing with this.
5: Well, I, I kind of call it my practice retirement, being home for part of the summer this last season, it was uh. I don't know if you could have drawn it up to have a little kind of a buffer there to kind of ease into retirement. I don't know if I'd have played 162 games and then called a quits, you know, what that would have felt like. So, um, and I think the 2020 as a whole just put a lot of things into perspective of, you know, what's important and some of the things that really dominate your life can be taken away in a heartbeat. And, and then you're just you're left with you know your family and making sure people are safe um so yeah i think uh that did have part and led me to kind of hang it up at this point but uh it was it was a strange year you know that oh yeah no doubt about it and you know pitchers and
0: catchers are going to report coming up here pretty soon what's the one thing you think you're really going to miss
5: i miss like obviously the elite competition and and kind of turning on that adrenaline, turning on the intensity because baseball is full of those little moments where, you know, you get three at bats in, in three and a half hours when you're in the nine hole, which is where I seem to hit all the time. And you just have to ramp it up for 15, 20 seconds, you know, for a pitch and, and just to be able to turn that on. I mean, that's, I have a lot of pride in that ability and, and competing on a field with, with family. I feel like a lot of the guys I played with were family and the relationships you build and I think that had a lot to do with the 5 years I was in Oakland. You know, seeing the success kind of turn over, the younger group came in, but we still had some of the older guys that were there for the the bad times and we just meshed as a group and it, it elevated everyone's game and th- that was the the most enjoyment and just playing alongside your family at a high level and, and beating people and and having success. Well, I
0: can say this to the fans for me personally, I think, I thank you for all the times you did my pregame show. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, you're part of the A's family. We're always going to be rooting for you. Let's catch up later on, but congratulations on on a fantastic career. And uh, it's going to be nice. Spend a lot of time with the wife and kids. And as your kids grow up in front of your own eyes.
5: Yeah, it's going to be great. I appreciate everything. Thank you.
0: And and, and, and like I, I told you off the air, like earlier today, I talked to Ray Fossey. He goes, you tell him I said hello because, you know, that was – the A's, it's it's just different with the coaching staff, the players, the broadcasters. It's just a really great group. So uh, you will be missed, my friend. But be well and stay, stay warm and stay safe.
5: All right, I appreciate it. You do the same. Thanks.
0: Fags, hanging them up. You want a little Trevor Bauer note?
5: Uh, Always
2: looking for Bauer knowledge.
0: Trevor Bauer, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, held opposing hitters to a 159 batting average last season. That was the best in Major League Baseball. Dodger starters ranked second in that department in all baseball at 219. So they already had one of the best pitching staffs, and now they add Trevor Bauer.
2: Is that any good? I mean, I don't know if that's good or not, but again, I'm going to emphasis, uh, you know, f- emphasize that he's going to make $40 million this year and probably be their number three starter in the rotation. I mean, it's just going to take a while to process that, that it's going to be Karshaw, Bueller, than him. It could go Karshaw, Bauer, Bueller, but still you're going to have a lot of um, options to play with there if you're Dave Roberts. With that with your starting rotation. Now the question is, are you gonna bring back Justin Turner? Turner's still sitting out there and, you know, you gave all this money to to Bauer. It's like, well, what about Turner? He's an integral part of that team for years. And I mean, it might be time they they might move on from him. Maybe it's time your your guy, Gavin Lux, gets his big break and he starts playing after you know, getting all this uh notoriety he's got over the last couple of years. Maybe this is finally the year where he gets his uh, big break and gets his break out Justin Turner's not back. So that's the only other guy I could see the Dodgers trying to make a run at potentially before uh, spring training starts. What are you going to do with uh, Ginger Probably what I'd go. I'd go like the middle, middle, relie- middle, like middle reliever kind of guy, maybe the opener. He he started some games last year, but I mean, what he started on opening day against the Giants because remember Kershaw had the back problem. So there's your odd staff from 2020, uh, who started opening day for the Dodgers, and though I bet you no one remember it was Ginger Guard, uh, but yeah, he. I look at him as a middle relief kind of guy right now. Like he, I mean, he throws a hundred, so you can bring him out of the bullpen, and you're going to be looking for guys. You know, a lot of guys are going to have their arms ramped up to go six, seven. Well, they don't go six or seven innings now anyway, but to go that many innings, so he'll probably come in and pitch a lot of games. Same with Gonsolin. Same with uh, uh, Aureus if he if he doesn't make the rotation. So they got a lot of guys they can plug into that bullpen then you know, the, the front guys getting to the back of the bullpen with Joe Kelly and Blake Trinan, Gratterall, and uh Kenley Jansen.
0: Is there going to be any Kevin Durant where people say, oh, you went to the Dodgers and won the World Series the way Kevin Durant went to the Warriors?
2: That's a good point. I didn't think about something like that.
0: Or do we just not talk about that kind of stuff in baseball?
2: I think we don't talk about that kind of stuff in baseball <laughs> because I mean
0: it's ridiculous.
2: How many how many times have we seen a guy really leave a team and go sign with? I like, who went and signed with the Nationals after they won the World Series? I don't I don't remember a big name guy going there. They signed Corbin the year before. No, no, no one's ever ragged a guy for going to
0: sign with the Yankees.
2: No, um, and like when CC resigned there. Uh, or when he signed there, sorry, after he pitched in Milwaukee, where he pitched every game for Milwaukee essentially in 2008. And it, no one said anything to him about going to, you know, he was the best pitcher in the game and he wanted to win a World Series. And where, where do you go to do that? You go you went to New York to do that. Uh, even when the Yankees weren't winning World Series as much back then. I mean, they won that one. And no one got on A Rod for resigning with the Yankees. No one got on Teixeira. So How about
0: Clemens?
2: Yeah, it's another
0: good one. Clemens joined them after they won Would he, did he did go in 99 after they had won the World Series in 98?
2: Yes, I mean, yeah. yeah, 99. Yeah. Cuz I, I think I have the note on the on the rundown. There it's only been two times in in Major League Baseball history where the reigning Cy Young Award winner uh joined the World Series champion the next year. Who won and who also won the World Series and it was Bauer now and then it was Roger Clemens with the Yankees. So make sure I got that I got that stat right.
0: Yeah, it was 99 when he joined the
2: Yankees. Yeah. And remember with the member, also think about this with the Dodgers, too. After 2022, they have only one guy on their payroll, and that's Mookie Betts. So you got to figure out Kershaw, who's getting up there in age. He's 32. You got to worry about Walker Bueller and Corey Seeger, as you know, it's been well um, well, you know, documented that he's a free agent after this upcoming season. Andrew Freeman's got work to do, but they won a World Series. So I don't think people are really worrying about what's going to happen in 2022.
0: I haven't looked at this in a while, but on baseball reference, I, I, I'm i on Roger Clemens' page. This guy's not in the Hall of Fame. He's got 354 wins, a lifetime ERA of 3.12. He pitched almost 50,000 innings. He struck out 4,672 batters, won seven Cy Young Awards. Seven. And when you look on his baseball reference page, he was a leader in a lot of different categories through a lot of years. He had the, he, I mean, his ERA plus, he led baseball one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. He won er he, he he was the best in uh ERA plus, led the league in strikeouts one two three four five times. Now, I remember Nolan Ryan was <laughs> in part of his career, so it was, but I mean Roger Clemens' career is incredible. Uh, He's not in the baseball Hall of Fame.
2: I just pulled up Greg because I pulled up my favorite picture of all time, which is Greg Maddox, and I pulled up to see what his stats are like. He has one more win. Um, I think Clemens beats him in innings. Um, Maddox has five thousand and eight innings, and uh, five thousand eight and a third innings pitch in his career. He has three thousand strikeouts. Remember, but also, he never had. He only had one season where he had more than two hundred strikeouts in his career, which is incredible to have three thousand strikeouts. He walked only nine hundred ninety nine career batters, so he never got to that that illustrious one thousand. But And there's all those crazy stats where he never, you know, all the guys that want the 3-2 on him, they never – there's a a crazy stat. I have to find it. But just all the numbers and how he – Tony Gwynn was like the only guy that really owned him. Um, Maddox was an incredible pitcher too, but you're right about Clemens. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Maddox won four Cy Youngs. Clemens won seven. And all the strikeouts that Clemens did. I mean, when you have the nickname The Rocket, that just puts you in the Hall of Fame alone.
0: Like some of these years late in his career, and I know you're going to say steroids, but – he was 20 and 3 at the age of 38, started 33 games, the age of 41. Now he's in Houston. He was 18 and 4 with a 2.98 ERA in 33
2: starts. He won the Cy Young Award at 41 years old. Wasn't the year after he won the Cy Young even better in Houston? Didn't he have like only like thirteen wins, but he had a really good ERA?
0: Yeah, it was the one. He had the best ERA in baseball, one point eight seven.
2: Yeah, I say I, I remember his ERA being under two. Yeah, he went out the next year and was even better, uh, except for the wins. And I'm sure everyone back then was like, "Well, he didn't have enough wins to win the Cy Young." He didn't. Yeah, but he had to go 0. to ERA. Yeah, well, he had to go to ERAs. He was Jacob Degrom back then. At forty-two years old, yeah.
0: I, I I'm, I'm sorry, but you, 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 look at a baseball reference page like this. It's like, come on, come on. Are you kidding me? He's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, will the Veterans commit? Not. No, it's not even called that anymore. What was it called now? What's the committee called now?
2: I thought it was. Uh, it's like the is it the modern day committee or something like that? Is what they call it? Something like that. Uh, here, I'll, well, I'll, I'll and, that's,
0: and that's and that's that's people in the game. Do you think that's when they go in?
2: Uh, probably. Uh, if they even vote, but I'll remember, a lot of those guys are probably like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they still haven't put a lot of guys in. Like Del Murphy's not in. You know, uh, Tommy John. I mean, those these guys aren't in the echelon as Clemens and Bonds and probably Schilling, but. It, it's I'm curious to see how they do it. Um, yeah, it's called like the areas committee. And that was what they is what they're calling it. The mo- I think
0: that these guys that's I think that's when these guys are going to get in. I mean, you you can't have you can't have a guy who's got seven MVPs and you can't have a guy who's got seven Cy Young's and they're not in the game. I mean, they're not in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, for, for, for that committee, they, it's called the today's game so it's from 1988 to present so I guess Clemens and Bonds would kind of fall into that one because the other committee is the modern day which goes up to 1987 and I know what Rockets first year was 1984 and Bonds was 86 or 87 with the Pirates so they probably fall more in, in the today's game category but they're they're probably going to go in it's going to take some time I still think I still can't believe you have a hall of fame with or a museum without those guys in it. Uh, it, it, it is pretty shocking
0: and especially because of the details, right? Major league baseball was not testing the actual sport did not test the players. I don't think that gets brought up enough. Are you supposed to do steroids? No. Was it against the law to do steroids? I believe so but baseball wasn't testing. Baseball was getting fat and happy off uh, off of PEDs. And then all of a sudden you you turn around and go, oh, these guys are horrible. Well, they weren't crying horrible when McGuire and Sosa are hitting all those home runs, and then Bonds had all those home runs. They weren't crying about it then. But the majority of these guys' careers, there was no testing involved. And I just, I just do not like the well. We're gonna like some of the steroid guys, and then we're gonna, then we're gonna hate some of the other guys. But if he wasn't a good, if he wasn't a good media guy,
2: we're not voting for him. I hate the media thing. He, he wasn't a nice guy. He either was a lot of the guys in the NFL. Either Tio wasn't a nice guy, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Hey,
0: you know what? Bonds was consistent though. He wasn't a nice guy. But it wasn't like Bonds. She showed up one day, and he acted one way, and then he showed up the next day, and he was different. No, Bonds was always you. You knew what you were getting when you were going to talk to Barry Bonds. He was consistent. I just don't know. I just don't know how you can't vote for these guys. All right, you don't put them in the first ballot. All right, you don't maybe put them in the. But really, at the end of the day, you're not going to put these guys in and you're going to have to go to this, it's not the modern-day baseball, it's the who? Today's game? Today's game committee. You're going to really make the guy who's got the most MVPs and the most Cy Young award have to go in from the today's game crew? I just don't get it. Coming up next, how do you deal with everything that's going on from a GM's standpoint? There's a lot of unknowns. Let's talk to Bobby Evans about it next, right here on Ace Cast Live.
5: Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the
0: throw is
5: going to be in time at the plate. Laureano firing a strike all the way on the line. And you're listening to Ace Cast, your 24-7 destination for Ace baseball.
0: Bobby Evans, former general manager of the San Francisco Giants, a World Series champion, is going to join us coming up here. And he's got his new podcast uh, that is out with our man, Dan Duquette.
2: Jim. The, the Duke. Jim Duquette.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby, how you doing? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's.
9: Hey, Chris. How's it going?
0: Life is uh, life's going. and can't wait for... Uh, Baseball to get going, pitchers and catchers, but uh, have to ask you how uh, you and the Duke are doing a uh, podcast. How are things going with that?
9: You know, it's a lot of fun. Of course, he's he's become a professional at
0: this. I I feel
9: like I'm a, a fish out of water on, on some level, but I, you know it's fun. I you know we all love talking the game, and so we you know get getting to talk it with whether current or former executives or current or former players and the stories. I mean, you know, we sit around at the ballpark you know for 12 14 hours a day and eventually we we get into some of those stories and so it's nice to get a taste for that uh you know even during the off season.
0: Well yeah, I mean both of you, you know, with great experience in your careers and can talk about you know world series and winning and and the pressure of being a, a general manager and I got to think right now Bobby with we really don't Know the rules, we don't know postseason where we can't, you know, who knows with COVID and how many games you're going to play. I mean, just trying to build your team with about 10 days to go before pitchers and catchers report. How tough is it on these front offices?
9: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's really tough, you know, first and foremost for the players who are trying to prepare for a season and they don't know where they're going to be. And And then I think even more so for the players, if the union had agreed to that deal and after getting so close to being ready for spring training, they got pushed back 30 days, that could have been pretty tough too. But yeah, if you're, if you're a front office right now and you have not, you know, prepared for an opening on time, you're definitely scrambling to finish conversations that you probably started, but weren't sure, you know, what, what speed of, of light you need to operate in. And, Uh, I think it's, I think it's a relief for everybody. Um, I think, I think the owners made a, a strong proposal, but I think it is a relief ultimately for everybody for this, this thing to get started on time and get going.
0: And when you think about building your squad, if it is true that the minor leaguers are not going to show up until the big leaguers leave. So I guess you got your 40 man roster. I guess you can have some special invitees, but you're not going to be able to play nearly the amount of games that you normally would play, split squads and all of that, right, Bobby? Because you're just not going to have the bodies.
7: Well, again,
9: if, if they're only bringing 40-man roster, I, that, that would be the problem. But I think they'll bring enough non-roster invites. Um, the question is whether you know you'll, they'll bring enough to fill out a AAA squad. And I, I haven't seen that, Chris. I mean, if they've already determined they're not going to bring in those extra guys, yeah, that's going to put a, a real a real roadblock to playing the number of games you're used to playing. But I, I don't know how you get through a spring without having extra guys because, you know, no player plays nine innings the first game. You're going to have to have a pretty significant amount of depth and that, and, and not to mention pitching. So you, you've you got to have, you know, at least the 55-plus bodies to, to get through a spring.
0: This was funny last year at spring training. Uh, it was Dodgers against the A's and at the end of the game, the Dodgers had the bases loaded. They had two number 88s and an 89. I don't think we're going (laughs) to see that.
9: Yeah. Well, I know why they had two 88s. That was a good year for them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a different, it's a, it's a different time in the spring to, you know, to get guys, you know, if you don't have my guys in minor league camp, it really does put the, the pressure on your coaches, on your players to, to stay ready and, and be there to finish games or whatever the case may be. But again, you can't get through a spring with 40 man, 40 man roster. You you're going to have to have a, a pretty good load of guys extra, especially with COVID. You never know if somebody tests positive, that takes them out too.
3: Yeah,
0: that and, and and it's just inevitable, right? As a front office, you, somebody in your organization at some point is going to get COVID. Isn't that how how you have to prepare?
9: Of course. I mean, and, and then you're not only the person that got COVID, but the, pers- the persons that were, you know, in close contact that had some level of exposure, then have to have some, you know, degree of quarantine themselves and you know, I, I applaud, you know, baseball for finishing the year last year, obviously the NBA and NFL Uh, getting through these seasons, um, you know, and baseball is now up for, you know, taking on the challenge of trying to to do 162. And I believe they can do it, but it is going to take a lot of patience and a lot of perseverance and a lot of uh, collaboration and cooperation on the part of players and front offices and medical staffs. And, you know, just, just look forward to hopefully a day where the fans can, can get back to the ballpark too.
0: Yeah. I think about the Padres and, you know, getting Darvish and Snell and, You know they made these big moves, and next you know people are like, "Look out for San Diego." But then Trevor Bauer signs today with the Los Angeles Dodgers. What were your first thoughts when you heard about the deal?
9: Well, I mean, you know, the the Dodgers were opportunistic. I mean, this 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 is a short term deal, which you know, if you're you're a major league club, you know, it's a lot of money. But if you're able to get a short term deal with a pitcher of that caliber, I mean, that's a win win and I think he'll be worth every penny just because it is such a short-term deal. Although there are opt-outs, and he'll he very well might. He's the kind of guy who might very well take an opt-out. I know. I know he talked about being happy with short a short-term deal at one point, but I got to believe that you know a long-term deal is is much more desirable in the long run. So who knows? I'm sure the Dodgers, if he does well, will probably offer an extension at the right time. But these are pretty pretty astounding AAVs. I mean, you know, I hear in hearing 30 and 40 million dollars. Those are those are pretty strong numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you, you negotiate some big deals, Bobby. I mean, what's that like when you're talking about this type of life altering money? It's generational
4: wealth.
9: Oh yeah, I mean it is. And and of course, a lot of times a lot of times you you know, you don't know who your competition is, but you know, know, if there's any competition outside of the state of California, the agent's going to mention that because there are a few taxes here that people have to pay. Um, But, you know, sometimes when you, you know, you look back on, on deals that we made that were, you know, whether a hundred or 150 million, that's small potatoes now with with guys getting, you know, this last off season last year, you know, over 300 million. Um, It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, at some point, you know, we're, we're already way exceeding the price that our owners paid to buy the club, you know, 20 plus years ago. So 25 plus years ago. So, yeah, I mean, these are, these are life-changing numbers for these players. And, you know, I know that they hope they they're able to uh, live up to those deals, but it's hard, especially when they're, you know, last year, some 10 and 12 year, 12 year long deals.
0: Yeah. And, and from a front office standpoint, i don't know if you really can have a handle on what pitching is going to be like this year since you know pitchers only pitched in 60 games there's a bunch of minor leaguers who didn't pitch at all um you know i'm, I'm hearing people say you're going to need to stack up uh, as many pitchers and starters as you can because there may not be guys out there that can give you 30 starts just from a stand a front office standpoint, What do you think that's going to be like building your pitching staff when you really don't know how many innings you're going to get out of them?
9: Yeah, well, it's going to require, you know, obviously the depth that you're referring to. I mean, and, and maybe that, maybe there's a strategy that can be invoked to, you know, to, to spread, to spread out some of those starts or, um, you know, maybe, you know, slow down how, how soon you, you try to ask them for, for a, a second or third time through the order, knowing that, the, you know, this is going to be a lot longer year compared to last year of only 60 games. So it'll, it'll definitely be a, a, a challenging dynamic. It'll challenge, it'll challenge some of the guiding principles of, of what we've done with pitching for years. I mean, you know, you try not to increase somebody's innings, but so much per year. And, and no matter how you slice it this year, your starting pitchers are going to, you know, you know, easily double, And and in some cases, more than double, of course, their innings, and that that's not typically what we've wanted to do with our pitching staff. And um, you know, and and even now, it's going to affect your bullpen arms too. Even though they may be one or two inning guys, they're still going to have quite an increase in innings from the previous year. And you're just going to have to really monitor them. I mean, we've got a lot of great technology that helps us read, you know, how guys are doing. Not just you know, not just them telling you, but also we can measure things that we never could measure before. and now with uh, with with uh, the benefit of our strength and conditioning team, you know, it'll be a, a close analysis to make sure you don't lose lose guys to injuries if you can help. it.
0: What, what do you think it's going to be like when you're trying to make trades and you're discussing minor league guys who they haven't played baseball in well over a year? Like, I, I know you have probably, you know, you have to rely on your scouts who saw them, but not playing baseball for well over a year. A lot of things can change.
9: Well, it's a risk. I mean, I mean, even these trades that have been made this winter. There's a certain level of risk that, you know, the general managers are taking, you know, with the prospects and, and even the clubs that are trading the guys, not just the ones acquiring the younger players, but the ones that are trading the the players, you just don't know where they're at. Now, to some extent, you probably learned some of it, you know, by way of work ethic or some of it by way of instructional league or, or offsite camps that you've had with your players uh, during, during the, during the fall. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's huge huge risk of, of players exchanging hands that you really had no idea they had gotten that much better, or that much stronger, or that much um, more competitive. And yet at the same time, you're going to acquire some guys that you had no idea they they had, had slid backwards from missing a whole year of baseball. And uh, it, it's going to limit some of those deals. And it's 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 one of the reasons that you see higher end guys and you know, in particularly your top five prospects in your organization, you know, tend to be held to right now, because no one really knows where they're at necessarily.
0: And I just feel so bad for all these guys. You can take that to college. You can take it to high school, but you know, dealing with the minor leagues, your career is only so long as of right now, you've lost a season and they still haven't told us when minor league baseball will even start. We have no clue. Just how bad do you feel for all these players who their career is is just been put on ice.
9: Well, yeah, we tell players from the time they step into the organization, we've always told them that you know you only have so much of a window, and you know take advantage of every opportunity that we give you. We're going to be trying to build the best staff, the best medical team, the best facilities, the best technology, best you know, analytics uh, behind what you're doing to teach you, to prepare you, to get you ready. But just understand your window is only so big and. And then, you know, for someone to lose a whole season, uh, like so many of these minor league players did last year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's, you can't get it back and the, the learning curve, you know, is so sharp when you're leaving college ball and coming into pro ball, you've got a lot to learn, a lot to get used to. Um, and, you know, they missed out on that. And, and I give organizations credit who did do the instructional league. So at least you got some familiarity with the program with the organization with the facilities with the the way they manage their players but you know it does set people back and it is going to hurt you know players progress and it could slow down the development and you know it 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 doesn't change their clock i don't think i mean they're they're still going to have to get protected after after the number the three or four or five years when they're eligible to be placed on a rule five or 40-man roster for the rule five so it's it's not it doesn't benefit anybody the player or the organization
0: yeah it's just it's just sad and, and 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 we always need to ask you about egyptian baseball uh it's fascinating but covid is all around the world uh, did covid really affect those kids that you guys have been working with in egypt
9: well it it really did slow it down i mean we had to do we had to do some online coaching and some online training at least to get more coaches uh trained that are that are living uh, in, in Egypt, uh, just to try to help, uh, get, get, the, get hopefully a, a, a spring season together for next year. But yeah, the, the slowness of vaccines and the, the, the longevity of this, uh, pandemic has, has certainly, you know, slowed the progress because we, we'd gotten up to, you know, over a thousand kids playing baseball over there. And, and now we're, we're going to have to, you know, make sure we, we maintain those as well as get the next wave of guys of kids, and uh, the nice thing is the school programs over there are supporting this effort. It's not just happening through, uh, you know, Because Baseball's outside uh, Saturday League, it's also uh, schools are partnering with Because Baseball to make sure that that the school PE programs are teaching baseball and distributing gloves and bats and balls, and obviously the sponsors with Because Baseball really make a huge difference in making that possible.
0: Oh, it's a fascinating story and i think there's going to be a point where we finally have an egyptian major league baseball player and i think you and your people are going to be really proud
9: yeah i think I think it's going to happen and i think he's going to be left-handed that just from watching some of those kids over there i saw i saw one particular left-hander that my goodness, I mean, I, I he, he's so young, and he's just learning the game, and he's so athletic, and he obviously already loves it. I, I think I think there's going to be some surprises from over there one of these days.
0: Well, continued success with everything you're doing, especially with your new podcast, and hopefully next time we talk, we're actually talking about baseball games being played.
9: Well, exactly. That's, that's the goal, and I, I, I sure hope so. Thanks for the time, Chris. It's good to be with you.
0: Good to be. Be safe, be well. We'll talk soon
9: thank you you too now
0: bobby evans three time world series champion yeah it's not it's not it's not easy being a front office guy right now and you, you you i mean you just remember the conversations that we would have with david forrest during last season where you know you're just you're waking up every day and you're david and you're just like praying that your guys aren't testing positive for covid praying that you're going to be able to play that day. We're about to go back into that world. We did it for 60 games. It flew by. Now we're talking about 162. Now we're talking about six-plus months. Now we're talking about spring training. We're going to go back into every day you wake up, you look at your phone, and go, please, no positive test." Are we playing the game today? That's what our that's that's what the baseball world was like last year. Waking up every day just hoping we were playing. And the same thing is gonna happen in twenty twenty one. And hockey, some NBA showing us. You ready for a little buying or selling?
2: How about how about we play the Bauer audio first? We we've been teasing all show. Do you want to do okay. that first? All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Trevor Bauer posted this to his uh, Twitter page. I uh, strongly suggest everyone check it out at Bauer Outage on Twitter. And it's on his YouTube page. But this is Trevor Bauer posting his uh, decision to sign with the Dodgers.
6: This uniform is special. It's more than a jersey, a pair of pants, socks, and a glove. It makes you feel something. It's passion, it's pain, it's history, heartbreak, and hope. It's the wide-eyed wonder of walking into a big league stadium for your first game. The static on an old radio pressed against your ear in the bottom of the ninth.
1: The scratchy
6: throat after an intense playoff game. And the desire to do it again immediately. For me, it's 25 seasons of baseball sewn into every thread. Every success perfectly woven together with its corresponding failure. It's the feeling of wanting to give up etched into a number on my back, and every dirt stain is a reminder that I had the strength to pick myself up, yet again. This is more than clothing. It's a lifestyle. It's the bond a father and a son forge playing catch in the front yard. It's rehashing every detail of the game with your best friends, 162 times a year, as you try to wind down for the night. It's a hint of champagne and cigar smoke, being overpowered by frustration, sweat, and despair. The flavor of a hot dog and a cold beer on a warm summer's night. This lifestyle isn't for everyone, but for those who choose it, the rewards are plentiful. It will take your time, sap your strength, and diminish your will. But those debts are repaid in friendships to last a lifetime, experiences you'll never forget, and a chance to accomplish something that's never been done before. The 20
0: National League Cy Young Award goes to Trevor Bowell.
6: See, last season doesn't matter anymore. Come April, what matters is this team, this group of players, this group of fans, and the name across our chests. This season is about making sure history remembers us as we wish to be remembered. This season is about adding to our legacy. And I can't wait, Dodger fans.
0: He might be perfect for LA. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, even I for- mean, he might just be... Because Clayton Kershaw does nothing for me. Walker Bueller does nothing for
2: me. Like... He- even Mookie. I mean, Mookie's a great player, but I mean, he has a good personality, but he doesn't really put it on showcase as much, except for when he's bowling.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, David Price, I mean, this guy's got personality for days. I think he's going to be, I mean, if he, you got, you got to, you got to pitch well, of course. But I think, you know, in, in a, in a, not a hardcore media market, but a big media market. And the fact that he knows the lay of the land from Southern California, went to UCLA. I, I, this could be a really good fit.
2: And someone pointed out to me on Twitter, and I, I when we joked about how we we're saying how I wonder what's going to happen with the friend and the paintball gun because he didn't sign a one-year deal. Technically, someone pointed out, and I guess it's true. He technically did sign three one-year deals because he's opt-outs after the first two years. So, technically, it could be a one-year deal. But I'm like, yeah. if he struggles this year, just say he struggles. Say he goes, I don't know, 10-10 with a 3.96 ERA. And he's like, you really think he's going to opt-out and be like, you know what, I can get more than $45 million next year. Absolutely not. He's staying. Yes. No, if he has yeah. a Cy Young year again, maybe, but will it be $45 million? I, I, I don't know if that's going to be possible.
0: If we're not having, if we're not having fans in the stands full time, take what you can get, because you're gonna hope if you're Bauer, the next two years. What's he making the next two years?
2: So forty this year and forty five in twenty twenty two.
0: And then you can opt out because hopefully everybody's had the vaccine and we're we're back to normal, fans in the stands. But until there's fans in the stands. You're getting that kind of loot. You're not opting out of that.
2: Yeah, and he's the highest paid player in baseball. Um, now has the yeah. highest AAV over Cole, and and Cole didn't even win the Cy Young. Bauer at least won the Cy Young. Cole just finished second. Now he also did it for a full season, not sixty games, so that's going to be interesting to see. But Bauer, his work ethic, everything he does, the way he trains, is going to. I want to see how it translates in LA because. Um, you know, he's not pitching against the NL Central this year. He's pitching against us. Uh, there's gonna be some good teams he's pitching against.
0: Well, Dodger Stadium used to be a pitcher's ballpark, but obviously after uh, what we saw in the playoffs, that's not the case anymore. But pitchers used to love signing with the Dodgers. Now the games were a- a- in the daytime where we didn't have the Marine layer, as they like to say, but uh, that's a big, bold move by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we're gonna try and get three good years out of ya, and then probably say see you later. And then the money's got to go to Bellinger. Remember, at some point they're gonna have to pay Bellinger
2: and Bueller because they're both they're both you know only in their mid twenties, so yeah, you're gonna have to pay them, but. Yeah, good for I mean good for LA. Back to back years. They uh they made the big splash in the offseason when there everyone's like, What what are the Dodgers gonna do? They haven't done anything yet. They trade for they trade for betts and then they sign Bauer. Uh, I think both years they've won the offseason so far.
0: Big bold you no, know, big bold moves. And this this is how you keep your run going. This is how you make it 9, 10, 11 straight. National League West titles and and trying to win multiple World Series titles. LeBron came to town and won with the Lakers, man. The NFL's back in L.A. There's a lot of competition for your the almighty sports dollar in Los Angeles.
2: I literally almost I literally almost just asked you who wins a title first, Trevor Bauer or Matthew Stafford.
0: Oh, I'm going Trevor. Bauer. Yeah.
2: Because I thought about it after all. Like, well, the Dodgers did just win. So it's, it'd be kind of hard to not pick Trevor Bauer in that situation.
0: <laughs> and you know what? They may look like geniuses adding, an, you know, because once again, we don't know how many starts you're going to get out of pitchers. Buying or selling, there will be not one pitcher to, to go 30 starts.
2: In baseball or on the Dodgers? Baseball. Sell. I think. I think Bauer's going to try to do it, and I think. I think we'll see a couple. The Gra, maybe. Scherzer. Yeah, those guys. Guys like that. The guys that are. I don't know uh, what do you call them.
0: And I'm not going. I'm not going to be shocked if they, they baby guys.
2: Oh no! Totally. That's why so many teams and are and, ramping up and on. If you a,
0: and if you got a bunch of people going to a six-man rotation to try and save arms, you're not going to see a whole lot of people get the 30 starts.
2: Yeah, like like perfect examples. If you watch MLB Network, whenever they talk about p- pitchers signing somewhere, and they br- they bring up the potential starting pitching options, it's like eight guys that are on there. Like, th- they're gonna have a bunch of different guys that are gonna start. Like, you're gonna see, it's not gonna be you know, where there's only gonna be a, a rotationalized five guys start the entire year. That's not gonna happen. Um, we're probably gonna see something like the Rays did last year with relievers. Thirteen different guys got got to save. That's including the postseason. Like, I think that continues again this year too. Especially with them.
0: Man, they lost two major pieces of their rotation. I don't know. I I don't know how you replace that.
2: Chris Archer, man. Chris Archer coming back. But, yeah, I'm with you. That's hard to replace those two guys. Really is. Especially especially Morton because he was, like, the veteran leader for that staff. Where Snell, yeah, he won the Cy Young – but you know he always the thing where people always talk about how he couldn't pitch late in games. But you know you know what you're getting out of Morton. Ever since he left Pittsburgh, he was a really serviceable. He was even serviceable in Pittsburgh, but ever since he left in Houston and then you know being with uh, uh, the Rays and where he go now? Is at the Braves? So he's back to where he originally began his career. Uh, so good for them. But it's gonna be hard for them to replace him with Glass now, who's not not uh, the most accurate pitcher at times. His command's not always there. And a bunch of other guys, that, like Josh Fleming, guys we probably know, you know a lot of people don't know of, but the Rays will figure it out. They'll probably use a thousand relievers, and they'll like paper cut you to death to win the World Series or get to the playoffs. Sorry, not win the World Series. They didn't do that last year.
0: I didn't even know today was Friday.
2: Uh, today's Friday. Today's also.
0: I, I just knew. I knew we were doing the show, but like I'm, I'm, I'm like losing track of days.
2: That's what's happening during this. Today also would have been uh, Hank Aaron's 87th birthday as well. So there's that. And then uh, the Super Bowl is in two days. So, I mean, there's no better way to end because uh, I end up not getting Stan Humphreys for us even though I got a contact form. I, I, I just didn't reach out. I, he ha, he doesn't really have baseball ties. So, uh, But who do you like in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Are you going to go with the young hotshot Patrick Mahomes? Or are you going to go with the guy that's been in a fifth of every Super Bowl, Tom Brady?
0: Uh, it's always tough to pick against Tom Brady, but I will be taking Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to Ooh. win the Super Bowl on Sunday and make it back-to-back
2: Super Bowl victories. I think uh, Brady and the Bucks. I I told people that uh, last week after they won, I was like, I think they're going to win. Brady's going to be the MVP for the fifth time. Oh my this- god! I, they brought um, so Mad Dog had Tom House on earlier. And I effort to get Tom House on, but, you know, it didn't work out. It's okay. You can't win them all. Brady has, after this Super Bowl, unless he gets hurt or he doesn't have the yardage, he'll have over 3,000 yards passing in the Super Bowl after this one. 3,000 yards passing in the Super Bowl.
0: He's getting to a point to where he's almost played a full season
2: in the, su- in the Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. That's ridiculous. Because he had the, what, the game against the Eagles, he threw for 500 yards in that Super Bowl loss against the Eagles. So. It's truly one of the most amazing careers
0: of all time of any sport.
2: Yeah. I think it was the Eagles. It wasn't the Eagles. It was the Falcons. It was one of the bird teams that he threw the, all those yards against in the Super Bowl.
0: The comeback against the Falcons. Uh,
2: I don't think Cal uh, Shanahan solo over that one yet. So, Well, that's it for today. I mean, That's all I got. The Ten to-
0: Super Bowls. He's played in ten Super Bowls. That's amazing.
2: He's played in ten, He's and he's won six of them. But then you got all the people. Joe Montana is still the best. He never lost one. Either has Ben Roth Roff- or either has a, a Ravens quarterback, but I don't, I don't hear anyone saying that Trent Dilfer is the greatest quarterback of all time.
0: <laughs> all righty. That is going to do it for A's cast live. We will replay the show. If you just tuned in, Trevor Bauer is a Los Angeles Dodger and we'll be back on Monday from one to four. We are back Monday, right?
2: Yeah, we are. We'll have Shooty Babbitt on Monday, and we'll start our divisional preview with the NL West and the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'd love to reach out for our good friend, Tori Lovello, but I'll save him. We're going to have the Candyman, Tam- Tom Candy uh, Candiotti, on with us, the St. Mary's product on Monday. So that's who's going to preview the D-backs with us.
0: Awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you back here on Monday. And enjoy all the programming on A's Cast.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.